Hey, this is Casey Musgraves, and you're listening to Behind the Baller with the man himself, Ben Baller. Yo, what's good, everyone? This is episode 47 of Behind the Baller podcast, a.k.a. the freshest podcast in existence. We don't apologize. We ain't with that soft shit, all right? If you got kids in the car and you're listening to the show with them right now, I suggest you listen later because I use explicit language. This is a special weekend wrap-up. We got a guest this time on this episode, and this is only the second time that we've done this on the weekend wrap-up. You know, usually I'm solo dolo for the weekend wrap-ups, but uh, anyways, man, so I was wrong. All right. Both NFL picks. Listen, but to be real, I didn't bet on either game. And if I did, I wouldn't have bet on the Packers anyway. You know what I'm saying? That Packers Niners game. I, I wouldn't bet on the Niners because I don't fuck with them and I ain't trying to make money off them. But that was just a fucking shame to watch. You know, anyone who really knows the Seahawks and just like knows, period, like just, just take it for just face value. You know we match up with them better than any other fucking... No one else can fucking beat them, but like they just... We match up with them better than anybody in the NFL, all right? And it would have been a fucking way better game. You know, the rivalry would have been there. It just would have been fucking dope. It's just a shame what happened in Green Bay. And, you know, I, I think that we still would have came out the victors. It would have been a nail-biter at the end or whatever. It's fucking bullshit. Um, I've never seen professional players tweet out, damn, I wish I was still playing this week. And it's, it's crazy. That was what, exactly what... Russell Wilson um, and my boy DJ Fluker did. I don't know, man. It's just, it's just crazy, man. And and I know because as a twelve, I feel their pain, you know. But back to the Niners, you know, they're good, right? You know, they're a good team, you know. But then there's great, and then there's amazing. They're good. Nothing impresses me about their squad, right? I can look back and look at the Steve Young years and be like, yo, man, these motherfuckers are just fucking goddamn, they fucking amazing, man. But I don't fuck with them. Um, I'm just being completely honest. Not only do I not, not fuck with them, they're just, they're all right, man. They're, they're good, you know? They might even be almost kind of really good, but they're not They're not great. They're just, it's just, no, man, it's just fucking just that 2020 shit. Um, I'm being super honest, man. Garoppolo is really overrated. Um, I can't wait to see the Chiefs tap that ass. They're going to watch these motherfuckers. Just fucking sad how Green Bay played. Um, On to the Titans game. You know, they played good, not good enough. And uh, it was all pretty much a dream, you know, for them. And, you know, a dream ended. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think the Titans are where they are. You know, they look really good. And I was like, you know, boom, and I saw what I needed to see. You know, it's just that, it's that, that inexperience or whatever. And this is just... This, to me, this season, I think this is as good as it gets. I don't think they get better next season. You know, they maybe figure some shit out, but more people are going to figure out how to stop Henry and stop them, which means they're just pretty much done. Um, meanwhile, you know, I can't wait for the fucking new season to start, even though this shit's not even technically ended yet. I love our Hawk squad, right? Uh, I want to say uh, I hope a speedy recovery to my boy, Quentin Jefferson, who has been on the Behind the Baller podcast before. Uh, he just had surgery on his foot this past Tuesday. I hope he has a speedy recovery. I hope he comes back better than ever. Uh, I need Disley 
to be on that 110% comeback shit. And I hope his recovery goes well. And uh, obviously, we need to absolutely sign Clowney. And we need to get the fuck rid of fucking... We need to get Schottenheimer the fuck out of here. Please. Begging you. Man. Um, back to the Super Bowl. I think the Chiefs are just too strong, man. Um, they keep saying, oh, it's the best defense versus the best offense. Like, meaning Kansas City got the best offense and Niners have the best... De- they have the so-called best defense, really. Like, not... Bro... No. I don't think that San Francisco could have stopped the Titans. You know, like they couldn't even stop. They couldn't stop Derrick Henry. Not this right now, like today. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, they figure it out later, whatever. But the defense is cool, you know? Like, I don't know, man. I just see some plays here and there. Like, I know um, Sherman had an interception right at the end that kind of ended the game here and there. But it's like, bro, he got burned too, you know, for a TD or for, I'm sorry, for a big play. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm Again, I'm not impressed. Who knows? The Chiefs opened up with a 1.5 uh, favorite, as a 1.5 favorite, and the real big dog odds makers in Vegas and in, in uh, Atlantic City, and just the real big dogs, they love the Chiefs, period. Money line, they love the fucking spread, all that. I think it's going to be 2012 all over again for San Francisco. I can't fucking wait. All you motherfuckers out there just leaving these little, you know, throwing them stones and hiding your hands. It's a little bit shit, you know. Listen, I go and say what I need to say. I'm not trying to hide from nobody. You know, on that on private pages, beyond that weirdo shit. Um, I can't wait, bro. You better pray to motherfucking God the Niners win it because they don't. It's just going to be, fuck, I got some videos for your ass. Um, by the way, fuck the Pro Bowl. That Nobody gives a shit about that. It's just silly to even fucking have before the Super Bowl. It's just stupid. Um, back to the Super Bowl. You already know I'm about to have catering, um, all that. So if you fam... If you like close friend, family, listen to the show, yo, hit me up because I might not text you or whatever. I just got that new iPad with the cellular. So if you have a droid or you, if you don't have iMessage, then pretty much there'll be no way to text me anymore because I'm just using the iPad and uh, I'm not taking regular phone calls anymore. Um, you you could email me, but if you want to text me, it's just not going to happen. There's no WhatsApp on the iPad and that's fine with me. Uh, if you want to call me, you got to FaceTime me or FaceTime audio call me. But anyways, if you fam fam, hit me up. If you want to pull up to the crib, you already know. Food's going to be lit. Barbecue, the whole nine. We're going to watch the game. We're going to watch the Super Bowl at my crib. So let me know, man. Um, Lakers, man, looking good. You know what I'm saying? Once February 3rd begins, I will be deep in that purple and gold Lake Show life. Uh, nice win over the, the Houston Rockets this weekend. Shout out to Austin Rivers, my boy. He hit me up today, called me on the phone talk about cars and stuff and everything i was still in san francisco and <laughs> he didn't say shit about that game you know what i'm saying but that's fam it's all love if you haven't heard the episode with austin please check it out it's episode 11 on behind the ballers it was actually a really good uh interview um you know uh me and him were supposed to do a show together and uh i ended up doing the podcast but um oh yo yo listen real quick i gotta make a quick footnote for those of you who listen to my favorite food spots in LA episode, there's just a couple spots I forgot. I mean, there's some other spots I'm sure here or there, but these are like ones that I really like that I fuck with. I should I just feel like they have to be mentioned, so I apologize for not putting them in the show originally. Um, but they should have been on there because one of them I, I frequent very often, and that is Tarme. Tarme Grill in Glendale is a Mediterranean restaurant in uh, again in Glendale, California. 
they are the only Mediterranean restaurant that has like kept it futuristic. You know, they only use organic ingredients, you know, free range chicken, um, grass fed beef. And it's just, they use the best of the best when it comes to the food. It's not anything fancy at all whatsoever, but their food is just fucking so great. It's just, it's one of my favorite spots and then you don't get no stomach ache, nothing. Their salmon kebab is so fucking good. Their hot sauce kind of reminds me of like Louisiana hot sauce, but it's just like the consistency. So crazy. My fucking water, my mouth is watering right now. Um, their chicken is lit. Rotisserie chicken, so delicious and juicy. Uh, I'm sure their beef is insane too and never tried it, but they got vegan options. Their falafel is really good. The feta cheese fries are bomb as fuck. Trust me, listen, go there. All right. You want to check that place out. It's it's priced right, you know. It's it's um it's not cheap. It's not expensive. It's 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 priced right for good food. Um, also, I forgot to mention a, a, a goat spot, Bossa Nova. Um, I used to go there so much, man. It was fucking sad. I damn near lived there. Uh, the Sunset location actually has a real OG wood burning fire oven. You know what I'm saying? So that that means that their pizza is fucking fire. Literally, um, they have delicious pizza there, which you wouldn't expect. Cause it's a Brazilian restaurant. But man, their all their pastas are just so fucking good. Like, you know, Cheesecake Factory is not a fancy place, you know. But Cheesecake's got some legit pasta. This shit's better than any of that shit. They got a chicken stroganoff dish that is insane. It's so fucking good. That that pink sauce. Oh my god, man! I haven't been there in a few years, but I know I'm sure it's still popping. Um, I used to go there heavy after the clubs, after I went DJing or just just out and shit. And the spit, it just got too popular, you know, like just too many people started going there and I just couldn't, like, I couldn't hang out there no more. Like, I don't know. I just, when something becomes just way too popular and it's just like, I don't know. All their dishes though are fire and I, I'm, I'm glad I got to say it here. Speaking of food, I just got back from San Francisco. You know, I was there for three days, three nights. And uh, I actually flew into Sacramento at first, you know, prepping for my Ben Ball, did the strain launch and uh, my cultivation is up there. You know, so uh, more about that later. But I drive from Sacramento to uh, San Francisco and I check into my hotel like right around nine. So I'm like, fuck, you know, um, what am I going to eat? I don't want to eat like no McDonald's or no fast food or slice of pizza, none of that shit. I, I want to eat like, I want a meal, you know, I want to sit down. So there isn't much open and I'm hungry as fuck. And uh, Morton Steakhouse is like, you know, a few blocks away. It ain't like, I mean, to some people, maybe this is a fancy spot and it could be an expensive side. To me, this is like, this ain't shit. At the same time, I ain't a McDonald's, so don't think I'm being bougie. I'm just being real. So I say, fuck it, why not? I walk over there, you know, I want to get a quick, decent meal. And uh, I know, you know, at least it'll be whatever. It's, it's a sit down meal. By the way, about four years ago or so, might have been a little longer, I'm not exactly sure, but every hotel in San Francisco pretty much stopped serving well, stop having room service. And they canceled it because they couldn't afford to keep it up. You know, San Francisco's gotten really expensive. A lot of people live an hour away just to be able to work in San Francisco. It's gone crazy, right? So like they stopped, you know, room service at most hotels. And you know, the hotel I love to stay in is a four and a half star hotel. It's not a five, but I stay there because the view is amazing. And I have a residency there pretty much. And uh, only three hotels in San Francisco City actually have room service. It's really fucked up. It really sucks. So anyways, going back to Morton's, I walk into Morton's Steakhouse and I'm wearing really baggy clothes, all right? But it's fashionable, you know, whatever. And it's a beanie. It's cold outside, you know. And um, mind you, the jacket I'm rocking is Prada, right? The pants are Vetmont's. And, you know, like 
I look like a fucking derelict maybe to them, but you know, I got $120,000 in my ears. I got a $100,000 paddock, you know, on my wrist. Like, it's just crazy. Just the, the judgment when I'm about to tell you the story. You know, so I, I walk in, I see the hostess. They're all there, whatever. They don't fucking, who knows, you know. But they ask me, so, okay, where would you like to sit? Would you like to sit at the bar? Would you like to sit upstairs? Would you like to sit downstairs? And I'm like, you know what? Let me get that window table over there. I'm gonna sit upstairs. Like, okay, sure. Um, let the matron, you know, let the hostess sit you down. Boom, she gives me a menu. You know, she sits me down. Boom, sets the table up, whatever. Removes other place settings there. And um, later, my waitress comes up to ask me if I want a drink. Uh, I tell her, I'm like, yeah, you know, let me get a Coke. Uh, let me get an ice water. And can I get a Moscow Mule? And I'm like, you know, by the way, I'm ready to order. And she's like, okay, go ahead. Sure, let's go. So I'm like, let me get a prime pork chop. Let me get the prime pork chop, uh, cooked medium. Let me get a side of asparagus. Let me get a side of horseradish, garlic, mashed potatoes. And let me get a side of green cream corn. Like I was really hungry, you know. And to tell you the truth, that actually is enough for two people who are really hungry. The entree, you know, it, it's a big ass pork chop. I don't know. It's like maybe 45 bucks. I don't know. But like the sides, I ordered a lot of sides, you know, and they're, you know, you can't really split them or order like a small side. I mean, they're made to share. So the waitress, you know, she's this blonde chick, white girl, of course, just, you know, white fucking um, whatever, random middle America chick. She's definitely not from Cali, the way she talked, the way she just the way she looked. Um, she's wearing a uniform, but still, you could just tell she might be from Texas, Midwest, I don't know, but she wasn't from no parts of Cali. She says to me with a dead straight face, oh, okay, so I got your order. Can I please have a credit card to start your tab? And I'm like, tab, what are you talking about? I'm not sitting at the bar. Like, I'm sitting at a dining table, you know, I'm ordering food, you know, from the legit menu. I'm not ordering from a fucking bar menu. And she's like, yeah, I know. It's just we need a credit card now to begin your order. And I'm like, you know what, man? I'm not about to go off right now. This is just, this is crazy, man. Let me just, I'm so fucking hungry. Fuck this stupid ass bitch. And I pull out my black Amex card on purpose. I rarely use that card. You know, I pull out the Centurion card and I give it to her. And she touches it. You know, she feels the fucking metal and everything. She's like, she looks kind of dumbfounded. She's never seen one, whatever. Especially the new one. She doesn't have a fucking clue. Anyways, I get my food. Um, Again, I ordered a shitload of food, right? And I finished at least 85% of all my food. Okay. I asked for the bill and I fucking pay it and I leave. I left her a $30 tip, which was 20%, you know, which is fine. It was, it, it was cool. Um, I sent a tweet out, whatever, blah, blah. I didn't add them. So I called the next day when I, when, you know, like when it's close to opening time and I asked the, the, the person who answered the phone, I was like, Hey, listen, I was going to make a reservation. I was just curious. Do I need to leave a credit card? And it's like, no, you just show up. And I was like, okay, well, I'm, you know, eat lunch there. And, um, you know, I have a friend and whatever. Uh, I was just wondering because um, I was told that, you know, like maybe I need a credit card, uh, you know, before I come and everything. She's like, no, you need a credit card. You know, like lady I was talking was like, um, you know, you can pay us cash or card or whatever you want when your bill comes. So that's when I was like, man, listen, fuck this place. Like, fuck them for real. It's, it's sad, you know, like rest in peace to my boy, Harry Morton. You know, he owned Pink's and a couple of spots. He didn't know Morton's, but his grandfather did. And his father's a you know real respectable dude, and it just I'll just never eat there again. You know I should have just walked one more block down the street and ate at Rambler because Rambler's a dope ass spot, and they just it's a fly ass like speakeasy, but it's a it's a restaurant too, and they just they got good food, and it's just a block away. And I don't know, man, that shit was just fucking that just pissed me off. So um, Friday, 
in the a.m. before I hit my meetings for VVS and my strain. Um, I pull up to the Nike store, as I always do. Pull up to the Nike store. I pull up to the North Face. Uh, I caught my, my um, we're going to New York for my anniversary. So I caught my kids uh, some fucking nupsy, um, you know, 700 North Face jackets. I want to get the puffy coats. They, they warm. And plus, you know, I want my kids fly, man. And, um, you know, I got the, I just got Kaya one. I got London one. Ryder got a super dope uh, Bape um, goose down jacket. So he didn't need one. But, you know, I, I pop into the Nike store and um, I see Roddy Rich. You know, we didn't really talk very many times here and there, but dude know me, obviously. Um, I ain't seen him since Coachella. You know, so we're on the fourth floor. I'm checking out a few things. I see a couple things I like, whatever, no big deal. And, um, you know, the people around Roddy, they knew who I was because he had a bunch of security. He was crewed deep like a motherfucker. And they're like, hey, Rod, Rod, man, this is Ben Baller. And um, by the way, I made Roddy's first chain, his like RR chain, you know, like the Rolls Royce logo. But, you know, anyways... Since Coachella, I mean, at Coachella, he was even doing his thing. He was, you know, caught a lot of buzz, but now he's blowing up to a whole different level. You know, Roddy currently has the number one album in the country. And uh, for the second week, he's got the number one album. He beat out Bieber and Bieber tried his hardest to take him down. He did every kind of marketing trick he could fucking do. And it's crazy. You know what I'm saying? That's some, some, it's a big dog. You know, it ain't like, you know, as, I mean, that's Drake level. He's a big dude. And he couldn't take him down for the number one spot in Billboard and uh, for the charts. And it's crazy because now Selena Gomez this last week, she tried her hardest to tell all her fans to stream and buy her album. And she couldn't even take Roddy out. And she was kind of saying it like nonchalant, like, you know, I don't care about numbers and uh, it's not a big deal and whatever. But, you know, it's like my most important album. She's like, bitch, shut the fuck up. You know, like, I'm cool with Selena, but she's done done some punk ass shit and whatever else and treat me like I ain't shit and whatever. And, but she tried her hardest to tell our friends, you know, to stream and buy everything. And you know what? It's crazy. Both of those people, Bieber and and um, Bieber's my guy. Don't get me fucked up. I'm just saying, you know, it's crazy to have to have to do that um, when you get to that level. But between Bieber and Selena Gomez, they got like over 300 million Instagram followers. Okay. And Selena couldn't even get 1% of her fucking fan base. One, not even less than 1% to cop her album or stream it. You know what? So too fucking bad. Um, congrats to my homie Roddy Rich. I told him right then and there, I was like, yo man, it's crazy how fucking humble you are, bro. You know what I'm saying? Listen, man, keep pushing. God bless you. You know, do your fucking thing. Congrats and everything. You know, you number one. And um, he was like, yo, listen, man, I'm just happy to be motherfucking, you know, in the top 10. You know, I'm just happy to be top 10, bro. You know where I'm from. And I'm like, yeah, man. And he's like, yo, I got a fucking show. You know, I'm on tour, man. So, you know, come pull up to my show tonight. And uh, he had a show at the Regency Ballroom. And I really wanted to go. Um, I told him I would, but I'd already bought tickets to Bad Boys 3. And I was like, man, I can't, I, I gotta see this movie. And um, I, I really wanted to see this movie. It was just, you know, I just, but, but Roddy was super fucking cool. Again, I'm so happy for him. Um, shout out to Bird, his manager, and also my dog, Mo uh, Shalizi. He also co-manages him, and and Shalizi's like the dude right now is just getting motherfuckers. He's pushing his career to the max. You know what I'm saying? Shalizi's a genius. He's that. He's really that dude right now. So, anyways, I walk. Uh, I'm walking a green door, and I pass by Barney's New York. Barney's New York in San Francisco, especially since they remodeled and kind of did their new shit. That was like probably my favorite place in the world to shop. And I don't wear like Gucci and Louis Vuitton. I, I just but. You know, like they have just, they had a really, really good buyer. 
the way it was set up. Obviously, you know, I love San Francisco. So it was just, it was crazy. See all these signs everywhere. And I can't believe they're still fucking open because, you know, I'd mentioned before. And everyone, if you follow fashion, you know, Barney's New York is one of the iconic fucking department stores and they went out of business. And there's signs everywhere that just says, everything must go. So I'm like, what the fuck? I, I can't believe they're still open. It's been like a month or two. It's been, it's been forever. So I'm like, fuck it, let me walk in. You know, I won't lie, you know. Um, there are some shit off top. I saw shit, you know, some my size, some not my size. And I'm like, whoa, this is 60 to 80% off. Like, this is crazy, you know. You buy a $100 pair of fucking pants and that's fucking, you know, 30 bucks. And it just crazy, just some of the shit that they had in there, like high-end shit, crazy stuff. But, you know, I spent an hour in there and it's, I didn't even have an hour to spend in there. But it's to the point where there were so many things that, that I could have grabbed because the price was cool. But it's like I'm forcing myself to buy this because it was at this price. And I was like, eh. But, you know, I ended up copping some things. Um, they had some Yojiyama Moto um, Y3 joints. Seen some Just Dawn shit. They had, they had a lot of shit in there. LVMH pulled out all their shit. So that's why there was no like Celine or Louis or anything. I would have fucking jumped on that heavy. But I copped some dope Subi jeans and I copped some pants and everything else, whatever. Um, there was a lot of off-white in there, but you know, that's just not my thing. Yeah, dog, I'm not a Chinese fob. You know, that's what motherfuckers is. Chinese fobs are rocking off-white and they're rocking chrome hearts is what it is. But what I did find was my cologne. And my cologne's a very special cologne because it's independently small-owned uh, cologne out of West Hollywood, California. It's just a dope ass. I've been wearing it religiously since 1985. I can't tell you how many fucking women have complimented me, let alone like, I mean, from Jimmy Boy to Flawless to fucking models to famous actors. I'm like, yeah, what's that smell? And I don't really talk about it too much. I don't like, and it's expensive. You know, the prices gradually goes up every year and whatever. And I see like five bottles there and it's cheap. Like It's, you know, 70% off and, you know, 70% off a $200 bottle. I mean, that's a fucking huge difference. So I clean them out. I bought that shit. So that was a dope come up. Um, After my meeting, uh, which is south of market, you know, I'm walking, I'm like, fuck this. I need to get some exercise. I don't have my echelon bike with me. Uh, I didn't hit the gym, even though I should have in my hotel. But, you know, of course I hit the rotunda. And, you know, I love rotunda. And to be honest, man, it, it was just like, okay. You know, when I say okay, I'm talking like, it was like a, six and a half, seven, okay. Like I was kind of bummed out, you know? The pop-up rolls obviously still lit. The chicken consomme, oh my God, man. The consomme is like, shout out to my boy Dylan because I know he loves that shit too. It was still, that was fire. Um, It's like this chicken stock, like little thing that you have before. It's so fucking good. But the food just wasn't hitting. My dish wasn't really hitting. You know, the ambience is, is of course always A1, but man, I was fucking disappointed, you know? But anyways, listen, enough with all the extra shit what I was not disappointed about is this interview that we're about to get into. Um, we got the lovely Miss Aria Price. Shit, I've been following her randomly on Twitter for like a year or two, I don't know, and so and like, you know, I just randomly catch some of her tweets and some of them got my attention. Then I realized, I was like, oh shit, she works in the car industry. Like, the fuck does she do? Is she a model? I don't know. And I think she might've dabbled in modeling, whatever. But you know, it's hard out there. There's a lot of fucking just a lot of judgment being passed with women and whatever. And um, I respect any woman that works. I respect any woman also, you know, stays at home and takes care of the kids. But I realized, you know, listen, I need more women, followers, listeners. You know, right now, currently, it's 70% men and 30% women that follow me. I don't know what the podcast is. But um, Aria is a super business-oriented woman. She works hard. She works in a man's world. Uh, she's Filipino. 
I don't know. I thought it'd be good for the show, and and I was again pleasantly surprised. Uh, it also was, you know, Women Empowerment Weekend. Uh, it fits perfect into this CEO series of things that I want to do. Again, man, she shocked me with how well versed she was. And um, fuck it, let's get right into this motherfucker. Yo, Miles, man, can we get a little Lakey Lake intro, please? tuned in to Behind the Baller. We are live in San Francisco and we have a very special guest. Um, she goes by the name of Aria Price. Hi, Aria. Hi, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> um, so where are you originally from? And I mean like descent and then also where'd you grow up? Uh, so my family's from Swapangasinan over in the Philippines. Uh, my dad is Filipino, tiny bit Chinese, not really sure how much. Uh, and then my mom is Native American, French, and Dutch. So I grew up a very, you know, mixed family. Right. Uh, mostly identify with Filipino descent, though. That's what I mostly am. Um, my family, we grew up, or I grew up in Sacramento, California. I moved to Southern California pretty young, moved around L.A. a bunch. My dad opened up a lot of uh, banks out there. Um, and then after that, shortly moved to Salinas and then back to Sacramento, uh, where I pretty much grew up. So so where did you go to high school? I went to John F. Kennedy High School. Where, in uh, Sac? Or? Over in Sacramento, yes. Wait, so hold on, when did you live in LA? I uh, was super young, I think from the time, until I was about seven years old, but we lived all over Southern California. It was a lot of Ontario, Camarillo, Chatsworth. Oh, fuck. Okay, you're like in the fucking burbs. Riverside, yeah. yeah that's, like, that's, that's like, that's <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, so, um, um, in Salinas, goddamn, my, one of my business partners from Salinas, it's so random, like, you know, um, I don't even know if, I, I went to college out here, you know, so I went to Cal and then I transferred to Esso State. And on the weekends, if, if I had it like, you know, I, I didn't really appreciate the Bay Area then. And uh, driving home wasn't shit to me. Like I would love to fucking drive back to LA. And if you, like me, and I had a Honda, but still like I could smash home in like four and a half, five hours, like no problem. I mentioned this in my, in like, four or five episodes ago, but we drove to LA during Christmas and the, the grapevine was closed. So it took us 12 hours to get home. And and if you know anything about me, if you paid attention to anything, I hate traffic. You think, you see my rants, I hate anybody that sits at a green light, like what the fuck, and I, you know, it's bad for my blood pressure and my stress and everything. And when we passed Salinas, I'm like, the fuck? And like, you know, you're nowhere near going home yet, you know, like to Los Angeles. And then on top of all that, for me to like, I don't like to stop too much, even though I used to have a, um, I had a stomach condition. I have colitis and, and that means like you go to the bathroom a lot, you have a fucked up stomach. Like you can't just be in it stuck in traffic. Like you're looking for a toilet. It's fucked up. And ever since my surgery, I don't have that issue anymore. So like I'll hold the piss for like 19 hours. Like I just, I don't want to stop, you know, I want to get to my, and like the thing was once we hit Salinas, we just hit fucking traffic <laughs> the whole way. And we get to Santa, Santa Barbara, which is, you know, if you're driving kind of chill, you should be able to get home in two hours, no problem. LA traffic's fucked up. And uh, we get to Santa Barbara after almost 10 hours. First of all, it shouldn't even take five, even if we're taking the one-on-one, take you five, you know, whatever. 
my daughter blows chunks projectile from here to that magazine throwing up thank god it was a minivan and not like any of the nice cars and i'm like oh my god this is fucking unbelievable so we clean all that shit up blah blah whatever and then we're stuck for like two hours in santa barbara it was like the most unbelievable shit anyways that's why i thought about selena's everyone i'm sorry i just you know me i love to sidetrack uh back to the to that interview um did you grow up with american rules or filipino rules uh i'd say both my dad is a lot more traditional for sure he's the one you know i mentioned he's filipino uh so there was i think pretty equal parts but my mom she grew up she was a pastor's daughter yeah so it was definitely a little bit of both you know my mom was christian and my dad was catholic obviously he's filipino so i grew up going you know the churches were across the street there was a christian church and then a catholic church and so i'd go to one and then go to the other so yes yeah yeah, so, but we, you know, it's very, both my parents also love to cook. So I had both styles of cooking growing up. I was pretty fortunate. They're such good cooks. Oh, that's dope. Uh, yeah, so I grew up definitely learning more, I think, about the Filipino cooking and things like that. But both of my parents, it was it was pretty equal, I'd say. It was, yeah. yeah so. I mean, listen, I've had the, ble- I've, I've been blessed to eat the most unbelievable culinary experiences you could ever imagine. And you put fucking, like, Topsy log or like fucking like some some pencil and I I might choose that <laughs> over like a crazy like French laundry you know what I'm saying like yeah. just come on man that shit is nuts you know you you've been to Manila before right I've never been to Manila I definitely want it my dad doesn't want me to go until I'm married and I have someone to go with me I travel a lot but I've never been overseas by myself I'd love to but I haven't Do you yet. have goosebumps on my arm <laughs> you've never been to Manila I've before never been to Manila I need to I went to I did what was it? 14 countries Fuck all last that. summer. I, Listen, but it was, I haven't gone to... I saw I on your to. Twitter you went to Greece and all that other shit. Listen, yeah. that's pussy shit compared to... You go to the homeland and you'll fuck around and try to buy a condo. Like, you'll seriously... Oh, I already want a condo out there. Yeah, like, you understand. You could buy a condo... Okay, back in the day, you can get a condo out there for 75 grand in, like, this area. Like, this type of... You see this high rise, like, that mm-hmm. type of thing? Now it's a little bit more. It's like... 150 which is like still like it's a joke <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean but it's weird it's it's backwards but fuck you'll come back 110 115 like you'll gain 10 15 like it's unreal how fucking okay i don't know what your your stance is on like vaccines and things like that you know there's like a lot of like controversial yeah. shit but you do realize that i mean you, you should be old enough to remember do you remember when you were a kid and you drank milk yeah. Do you remember drinking milk when you were a kid? Of course. Okay, when you drink milk now, do you notice it tastes a little different or do you not notice that at all? Oh, yeah, and especially if you go anywhere else too, it's... Okay, so now in Philippines, it's... Korea's starting to get there, it's fucked up. In Philippines, you're going to taste milk like you did when you were a kid. Do you want to know why? They're not putting steroids in cows out there. There's not this, that. When you have fried chicken in, in Philippines, why does it taste so good? There's no... Why the fuck does Jollibee taste a million times better than here? Why? Because there's no steroids. There's no injections. There's no um, whatever GMOs and all that bullshit. There's, there's nothing like that. So when you eat a chicken out there, it's juicy, it's tender, and the chicken is about this size. You know what I mean? You come over here, you get a fucking drumstick this big. You're like, what kind of fucking thyroid, crazy steroid chicken? I'm like, but it's true, do you know? Yeah. Like when you go to places you see, and you get a chicken wing and it's huge, that's not what a chicken's supposed to look like. And I didn't even know that until recently. But I remember my first time really going to the Philippines and just soaking it in. I was proud to like have married. I feel like you just, fuck man, you're, you're going to die. Then that's just Manila, which is like, whatever, you're going to spend three to four days there. 
Imagine when you go island hopping. There's a thousand islands in the Philippines. You're going to go to Boracay. You're going to go to fucking Palawan. You're going to go to, you know, um, Bali Sin and so many different places. You know, it's just like, it's crazy because everyone speaks English. And that's another dope thing about, you know, the Philippines. Um, but anyway, that's crazy. I can't believe that you've never been. I know. I've never been. I definitely want to go. It's on my list within the next five years. Uh, oh, and something else I didn't even, it was right over my head as far as growing up with, you know, Filipino or white you know, cultures. I definitely, I think I should touch point on, you know, having an Asian parent of some sort or a Pacific, Pacific Islander parent. Right. You know, I learned how to read music before I could read English. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I play piano, bass, guitar, violin, uh, all kinds of instruments. I also You do, do really? For real? Yeah. And guitar. Then I was classically trained for opera. I did ballet, every single sport you can imagine. I did soccer, kickboxing, started playing golf when I was in a golfing league when I was seven, basketball, Are you swim team, dive team, every single sport you can imagine. Wait a second, can you play golf now? Yeah. I play Holy golf. Holy shit. Golf's really important to me because- It's huge, especially yeah. for business. It's yeah. enormous. The most successful companies, they're going to play like a couple things. Golf is one of them. Racquetball for the older people here and there. Golf is what I noticed when you're really chumming up and rubbing elbows with the real Fortune 500, like billion, those people are only playing golf. Like they're not fucking around. And it's a big deal, you know, like especially if, holy shit, that's crazy, Arya. So you, so you're, you're like, you're not like goofy. You're like, you're, you're like, you're athletic. But at the same time, you could play, can you play anything now you think? Could you still play? Oh, I could play piano more easily than I can read. That's the only, probably the only thing I'm super, super good at. I'm not, not even Like not chopsticks. You're talking about you actually play something. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you guys had a magic mic in the house for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, my mom, so my mom's a blues singer. So I grew up actually with vocal lessons for that as well. And then my dad, my dad was in a banking. So my dad was athletic and my mom's musical. So like I said, it was a pretty good balance of, of both growing up mixed. So do you have any brothers or sisters? Or? I have a younger sister and an older half brother. So half brother on your mom, your dad's side or mom's side? On my dad's side. I'm sorry. Oh, no, that's right. Okay, no, I'm tripping. Okay. Well, I mean, are you close to your family? Are you are your super, brothers? Super, super close, yes. Okay. That's the Filipino way. Yeah. You never, if you see anybody that's Filipino, like Koreans, motherfuckers could be blood brothers, best friends all their lives, and they could have a fight for 10 years. Just the Korean way, just the temper shit. Filipinos, if you meet a Filipino person, for everyone listening to Behind the Baller right now, if you meet a Filipino person and they're not close with like their family, they, they run away. There's some fucked up shit going on <laughs> with them. Like they, they're on some bullshit. Um... Okay, so when did you know that you want to make money? Like literally at one age, what age were you just like, listen, I want to make my own money? Like, So this is a very, very vivid memory for me. I remember I was eight years old and I didn't really understand a whole lot about what my dad did, but basically he grew up uh, with nothing, nothing at all in dirt road area of a Filipino uh, community over in Salinas. Literally nothing. He was the oldest, had to take care of his whole family growing up uh, kind of thing. His dad was in the army, even though he's from the Philippines, you know, straight off the boat. Um, and he ended up starting his own company uh, for IT consulting and then ended up getting into banking and was vice president of several banks and opened up a lot of banks that were actually in the Bay Area too. They don't exist anymore, but, you know, Crocker Bank and places like that. He opened. Oh my God, my dad used to bank with Crocker Bank when yeah. I was like a little kid. That's crazy. Okay. So my dad opened all those banks. Um, and so he really worked his way up. He worked really hard and I didn't understand it, but I knew because he was always back and forth between Sacramento and LA. Um, you know, you'd spend literally the whole week in LA and then come home on the weekends. And I said, dad, you know, you know, what do you do? And he explained it to me as best as you can explain that to an eight year old. And I remember saying to him, I said, how do you own companies? 
I want to own a company <laughs> when I was eight years old. <laughs> and so uh, that's, I guess that's when I knew when I was eight years old, I was just, it really intrigued me. Uh, but like I said, that balance was really interesting to me. It was kind of, I got to a point where I went to performing arts school for a little while and I didn't like the idea of being able to, or not necessarily being able to, but I felt like my passion was like a obligation and I didn't like that at all. And so that moment, that's kind of when I switched things over. And I just, I've always been intrigued with finance though. I started reading, I was reading Warren Buffett biographies. Like I'd go to the library back when people would go to libraries right. <laughs> and I would check out no, all the No, I still take my kids. Books, Trust right? me, you know. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, that's great. I love to read. So I just. I hate to read. Really? The last book I read, I, I've said it just in the last episode, I think, or two episodes ago, my kids just started in the book club, right? And um, the last book I read was Catcher in the Rye. And that was obviously maybe, it might've been 30 something years ago. Like, I'm not trying to read shit. There's actually a couple, <laughs> you know, I had Jordan Belfort on my show last, uh, two weeks ago and um, he gave me his book and people have told me that just for, listen, if you're not interested in selling stocks or anything else, just the way he talks about selling, this dude could have been, an, he could have been a fucking uh, uh, Herbalife or, or Avon lady, or he could have worked for a car company. He just knows how to sell. And I truly believe that those skills are really important. Um, did you go to college? So I started to go to college. I wasn't necessarily sure what I wanted to do. I went to community college actually because I didn't, I felt bad. I said I could have, you know, asked my parents to pay for something. And I said, I'm not going to have them put me through this stuff, you know, so I'm going to do it myself until I figure out what I want to do. I uh, went to community college for two years, got my general ed, all that stuff out of the way. And then um, wasn't really still sure what I wanted to do. So I got- Which most people aren't, they yeah. don't get it. They and just... I'm very, I'm in like an all or nothing person. And so if I don't know every single thing that's in the water before, I'm not jumping in, you know? So it's like, <laughs> I'm not gonna, especially with my money, it's like, I'm not gonna, if I don't know what I'm gonna go to school for, if I don't know what I wanna do, I'm not gonna spend all this money getting college debt and this and that. And so I waited and I started working. I, well, I was always working. I started working when I was 14, but I was working extra, working two, three jobs, taking internships wherever I could until I found something that was one, lucrative, and two, something that I actually liked. Um, and then after that, kind of shortly after that, and after I got into the industry that I'm currently in, I, uh, you know, I never finished my degree, but I did go, I took uh, classes over at Harvard Business School online for the entrepreneurship program that they have, uh, which you don't even need a degree for, but if you're an entrepreneur, it's a really awesome program. Um, so that's, so I did do a few courses. I wish they that. had shit like this when I was fucking growing up. That's <laughs> it's crazy. Real. You should look into it. Well, not that but you this, need it, but. <laughs> this, this is the thing. What I try to tell people all the time, even, you know, listen, I, I want my kids to go to college. I do. But at the same time, if they have no fucking idea what they want to do, I don't know if I could spend a hundred grand a year on each one of them. It's like, it's a fucked up situation, right? And these people, they don't get that yet. I have friends who are successful. They do well. Some are dentists, some are something else, but they're still in their fucking 42 years old. They're still paying off that from college. I'm like, listen, you're fucking tripping. Like, fuck that. If you don't know what you want to do. My thing is, did you do well in high school? Did you at least get a 3.0 GPA or did you? Yeah, school was pretty easy for me. Okay, so that's that's really impressive that you figure that out. You're like, hey, listen, I don't want to put this burden on my parents. I'll go to community college. By the way, if you take advantage, listen, it may not sound prestigious and people may talk shit here and there. People who don't give a fuck, thank you very much. But if you take advantage of a good community college, you could really fucking excel and also save an insane amount of money. It's just the structure is different. You're on your own time. Do you know what I mean? To get your GE done or whatever, or your AA, it's difficult because most people are like, they need to have a schedule and kind of like, you know, they, they want to be in that school environment, but some people don't get it. Some people take advantage and then they end up being better off 
at the four-year university later with Korean people, it's it's like a shame. It's like embarrassing. You went to a junior college. Bitch, shut the fuck up. I mean, oh, my kids to be. But that's really um, um, impressive that you did that. So uh, I commend you for that. That That's dope. Um, so could you please tell the people that are listening what it is that you exactly do? <laughs> so um, I actually have my hands on a few things right now, but my main uh, business venture, I guess I would say right now is a company that I own part of. It's a logistics company. Um, I'm vice president of it. I have four business partners. Uh, the company's been in business for about 14 years and well, prior to us coming on. So prior to us coming on, they'd been in business about 14 years. I was working for a very large, very corporate company prior to that. And uh, generally when a business gets bought out by anybody, right. uh, there's going to be a lot of changes. So I was working and for- And also downsizing when they merge and everything else. This whatever. is the second largest debt buyer in the world I was working for doing all their business development. So I was, you know, there was definitely no downsizing, uh, but it was, the acquisition was a bit, I'll say this, in a respectful way, uh, but there, the, we, we didn't share the same vision. Um, and there was a lot of, I just felt like we were all screwed over. So my management team and I, we'd actually worked for, uh, I've worked with these guys for the past three companies I was with. Uh, great people. There's actually four of us now. And they are four of them, sorry. But we all quit separately on our own terms after the company got bought out. And we said, you know, let's go, we're going to, you know, do our own thing and whatever. So that's when I went to Europe. I went to 14 countries, came back, and I already had another job lined up. I was going to go into the insurance industry. I was going to be like a financial advisor. Okay. And uh, after I got a phone call, the day after I got back from Europe, and it was our old vice president, and he calls me and he says, Aria, I have something for you. And I said, I don't care what it is, sign me up. And he said, <laughs> and mind you, I already had another job lined up. I was going to be financial advisor, do all this other stuff. And you just said if you don't know what's going on in the water, you're not jumping in and your your boy, he must be like, so this, he must be someone you fuck with heavy. This is someone, yeah, I fuck heavy with him. He's like the, you know, he mentored me. He really taught me a lot in the industry. And I think that's really important having someone when you, you know, who brought me into this industry and also, um, you know, just taught me a lot of things about what I know about business, you know, and he's always been the hardest worker I've known my entire life. He had, he's 31. He had both his hips, both his knees replaced and he went to work the next week. He's got so much work ethic. Oh, listen, he's 31 right now? Yes, he's 31 right now. Jesus Christ. I thought you were going to tell me he's like fucking 50 or something. That's no, crazy. No, he's been, he's the hardest worker I've ever met. He's got crazy integrity. And so I, I trust my whole team with my life. We're all tight like that. And so he calls me. He said, I have something for you. I said, I don't care what it is. I dropped everything. I said, I'll do it. He said, come in Damn. tomorrow, next day. Um, and I came into this office. It was a tiny, I can't even say how small it was. It was tiny, tiny, tiny office. There's... Um, four cubicles in there and I see my executive team sitting there, my old executive team. I said, oh, okay. Um, basically, long story short, he told me, Aria, uh, we need to grow this company. This is one of our last, it was one of their competitors. So uh, we purchased the company and uh, for dirt cheap because they only had four employees back then. They're basically over the 14 years, they're breaking even uh, every single year. And so I said, mm -hmm. okay. He said, I need you to help me run this company, but also, you know, I need you to have ownership. We're all in this. Are you in? Are we going to do this? You know, this is kind of like our, we need to do things on our own terms. Right. You know, we're not going to get fucked over again. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. And he said, you're the only person I trust enough who can scale this as quickly as we need to. Um, so I said, yeah, let's do it. I said, I'll run with it, but you can't get in my way. 
So all of us have very different skill Who sets. Said you, you said that to him? Or yes, you... I said that to him. I said, <laughs> I'll, I need to run with it, but you can't get in my fucking way. I said, he said, okay. He said, that's fine. He's like, that's, that's why I want you on my team. He's like, run as fast as you can. So I oversee all of business development, all of sales, all of client relations, strategic partnerships. Um, and now maybe probably some media, but I've been- Okay, let me pause real quick. So the company you worked at with everyone, the big corporation- that was a debt buying company, right? So yeah, they did. They bought a lot of debt. They also did transport, skip tracing, repossession, things like that. So they had multiple lines of businesses. Okay, like for instance, um, like collection debt, like they'd buy that. Yeah. And like, okay, it's interesting. I've talked about this before. I had a when I was refinancing my house. I had like, and it's crazy they didn't catch it on the first loan, the first time. I don't know if you own a home, but if you own a home, you know, um. You could have a seventeen dollar gas bill and a motherfucker, and your credit's eight fifty, and you make. $10 million a year, they will not give you the loan if you have that loan. First of all, people are like, you shouldn't take a loan. But me personally, I'd rather have the cash to go do something else with it. Anyone who's smart would do that. Some people believe in paying everything at once. It's, it's, it's beneficial in many ways if you know what you're doing. So this debt company calls me. And I remember I've had bad credit twice, three times in my life. And I remember the first time I had a debt collector call me. And they're really aggressive. They talk crazy shit to you. Like, listen, pay this bill, boom. And it wasn't until late in life that I realized they'd buy a $2,000 credit card charge-off debt for like fucking 300 bucks or something. You know what I mean? Or whatever, just pennies on the dollar, like for real. So this guy started, this guy knew who I was because they researched, boom, okay, Ben Yang, boom, Los Angeles, this, boom. You know, that's that guy, Ben Baller. Oh, he's at this and whatever. And, you know, I would say, I'm not super famous, but I'm famous enough to where I think people like would be like, all right, hey, listen, I know who this fucking dude is. You could say Google me. Yeah, or whatever. <laughs> so the dude Googled me, whatever. And I said some things. I was like, listen, man, this is not my bill. I'm not really tripping, but I'm going to pay it. He goes, hey, listen, do me a favor off top. Don't lie to me. He said that to me. And I was lying. I said, this is not, you know, this is not my bill, boom, whatever. And I said, listen, but I'll pay for it. But the way he came at me was, was crazy. And I, I saw that I'm looking at this thing. and I'm like, all right, it was um, Collection Masters, blah, blah, blah. And they're in Calabasas, California. I know the street that it was on and everything else. And the guy... You know, they're aggressive and they're sitting there goes, listen, I don't have time to fuck around. Listen, I'm telling you, I said, hold on. No, you listen to me, dog. For so many times, I was scared to answer the phone when bill collectors called me. I didn't know when I was young. I was 20 years old. I was scared. And then later you're like, oh my God, they're going to fuck up my life and blah, blah. And then you get to a certain point in your life where you're like, imagine trying to deal with me on a business deal where, where like it's not going well. And now I'm upset. And this is like, obviously I owe this guy it was like 60 bucks, right? And I'm telling this guy to delete the thing and send me a letter saying that it was it was paid and you're removing the blemish from the credit, whatever it may be, boom. And the guy's like, listen, first of all, don't lie to me. You know, if you want to get this done, and I said, listen, bro, I know exactly where your office is. If you fucking talk to me tough again, I'm going to have motherfuckers down there fuck your whole life up, fuck everyone you know up. Listen, I'll have motherfuckers in there get fucked up in front of you just to make sure we get the right person. Don't ever talk to me like this. And he was like, yeah, 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 whatever. And I was like, all right, dog. So I started driving over to that place. I called like three dudes who I have like pick up money from me, like literally Shylocks. And the dude just calls me back and he goes, hey, man, we got off on the wrong foot. I'm like, yeah, we did, dog. Guess where I'm going right now? And I'm like, bro, guess what? I'm driving right to Calabasas. I'm going to be there in 27 minutes and you about to get fucked up. I'm fucking your whole shit up. We're going to jail and I'm coming back after jail and fucking your whole life up. And basically, this is my destiny now to basically have the rest of my life fucked up over this stupid ass bill because you talk to me like a fucking punk ass bitch. And the guy's like, yo, you have to chill out, man. Jesus Christ, because you're fucking crazy. And I was like, no, I am crazy. You Just listen, in 26 minutes, you're going to see how crazy I am. 
Finally, we figure it all out. Boom, whenever we talk. And I asked the dude, I was like, hey, bro, you just an employee there? And he goes, yeah. He's like, but by my boss, believe it or not, kills it here. Never had a conversation with anybody to own debt collecting, whatever the fuck it may be. So yours was obviously on a much bigger level, right? I'm sure. Yeah. Like we, that bot. Uh, so yeah, but they did. So like I said, multiple lines of misses. They bought debt. They also uh, buy, you know, they did skip tracing, repossession. What does skip tracing mean? Skip tracing is... Oh, it's a very interesting thing. It's basically if somebody owes money, uh, say for se- like a car, your car is getting repoed and you don't want to give up your car, uh, skip tracers will find you. doesn't matter what it is. I took classes on it and basically what they, I mean, we had this woman teach us how to find like the longitude latitude points, the lines of these, n- <laughs> these government bases that they refuse to say exist overseas. You can find someone's home address from a picture of their pet. You can find every single thing about this person, like your whole entire family, just so they can locate that car, recover that asset, and the banks can get their money back. Um, there's a, it's a really big industry. Buying and selling data is in that because it's a very, that's unregulated right now, which is really interesting as well. Right. Um, but within that, uh, what I was specializing in was the transportation like if a car is repoed, it goes to a repossession lot and needs to be uh, transported. Auctioned, right? Yeah, auctioned off. So we started doing things like that. Um, we built like a transportation department because it's such a regulated, you know, it's different in every single state. It's very difficult. I remember you tweeted something and it fucked me up. Yeah. You said, yo, dude, 200 people this year have already had the Rolls Royces fucking repoed and fucking they're from LA or oh, whatever. That, that was only one. I got one call. This guy had repoed. He said, hey, I need, I have 200 Rolls Royces I need picked up, da, 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 da. can you transport them? I said, it was all in LA though, yeah. So, and that was only one person. It's not even nationwide or whatever. That was just one lot in LA. But uh, yeah, so they, we started specializing in transport and we did other things too. I don't know if you know about LPR cameras and things like that, but buying and selling data, it's an insane yeah, industry. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's wow. So, Listen, but, don't fuck with Aria. <laughs> she will find you. I will. <laughs> and fuck your shit up. So now the company you're with now that you own and a partner in, in and vice president of, this is logistics, but logistics, like, could you be a little more specific? Are you like, are you transporting things in trucks? Like, what do you exactly? Yeah. So basically where I was going with that is that we started, you know, what we're really, really good at is we started doing the hard stuff because a car is repoed. It doesn't have keys. You know, you don't know what kind of condition it's in. And then second of all, it also has personal property in there. So you can't move a car if it has personal property in it. So I said, well, how do you get around that? Let's make keys for all these fucking cars. So we're going to make <laughs> keys for the cars, get the personal property out, move that shit. So we started doing the hard stuff with or without keys. And then we figured, hey, if we can move these basically stolen vehicles on, you know, a large scale, we can move the easy stuff. We can move regular vehicles. So we got out of, you know, just doing repossession, uh, transportation and moving all kinds of stuff, whether it was, you know, fleet lease returns or whatever it is, new vehicles. So I do cars and we said, okay, well, if we could do cars, we could do other stuff. So we do cars, boats, trucks, RVs, uh, power sport, uh, marine, anything like that. I, and after that, you know, I, I got a call. I got a call. When was it? Maybe a month ago. And this guy said, I have 10 military tanks I need to have moved across the country. And we did it. We did it. But how does that, how do you get past the government? I mean, there's a lot of, it's like a crazy, crazy industry. It's like a whole underground like web of just different. We do a lot of stuff for government agencies. I do a lot of stuff for large banks, uh, financial institutions, large uh, OEM manufacturers. So, you know, going to all kinds of stuff, you know, I'm, I'm talking like Bank of America, Wells Fargo, Ford, Tesla, Honda, you know, so, and then getting into that, we do, you know, okay, we can move all these other cars, um, started getting into, we can move, uh, dismantled parts, car parts, whatever it is. Um, so getting into moving car parts, that's very similar to moving, you know, any other type of freight. 
So we're in a place right now where we're expanding uh, greatly. I'll leave How it at How big is your company? Um, I just hired my 80th employee after 14 months in this role. So Jeez, we listen, had- <laughs> I'm so fucking intrigued by this. I, I can't believe I never had this conversation with you before. Like I just let you like, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm not, listen, the uh, reason why is because credit was such a big deal for me. I mean, honestly, how, how do you mind if I ask you how old you are? 28. Okay, 28. You know right now that credit is obviously very crucial, right? Like, you know yeah, of how important it is, right? Um, well, and listen, you know, you could, you could decline this question, but what kind of car do you drive? <laughs> I'm just curious. <laughs> I have two cars. So I have a Mercedes C-Class, a C300, right. and then I have a Honda. But I love my Honda. I own it outright. And then I just lease a C-Class. But I drive a lot for work. So Right. You need something that's reliable. You could drive, yeah. you could drive a Honda. 300,000 miles and do the most minimal oil changes and that Honda will still run. I love it so much. It's funny because I actually got it a while back and I remember when I first got it, it was before I was with this company. I wasn't sure what I was going to do and I had quit my other job and, you know, I said, okay, you know, I'm, I'm going to, you know, you need to act your wage. If you don't have the means for something, just it's fine. Do it, you know? Right. So I got this Honda and I was like, I actually really love this car. This is great. And then finally, after I paid it off, I was like, okay, I need a, I need a nicer car too. <laughs> but if I drive, cause you know, I do all of sales and stuff. So if I'm around, then I, you know, I'll take my Honda wherever, you know, but I definitely am a Mercedes girl. So the, the guys that work at your company, right? Mm-hmm. Do you feel like it's hard for them to accept that you're a boss? Like that you're their boss? Like, is it weird? Like, do they be like, okay, well, this girl's, you know, like, you know, what's funny is so when uh, like kind of like what I mentioned earlier, when I first started, we were in this tiny office and there was only four employees when we purchased the company. Right. Um, and we told the people who own the company, there was two partners. And I said, we're going to need to have a bigger office. We're going to need to scale this. And they laughed at us. And mind you, I'm the only female in management. Um, and at that time, I was the only female in the whole company, mind you, because it was only there was four employees for an entire company. Um, and they just kind of laughed at us, though. I said, we're going to scale this. We're going to scale this quick. So I ended up getting an office. We signed a five-year lease for this office thinking it was going to take us five years to fill it up. We filled it up in five months. <laughs> so uh, after we filled up our first office, we just opened a second office, which we're now starting to fill up as well. Um, obviously, I have a lot more females like in the company, but I think they could tell that just the way we run, we're a very work hard, play hard company. Um, so and we have a very low turnover rate. So a lot of our employees are, you know, they've been here the whole time. And once they come there, they're not going anywhere. But once they see what the vision is and once they get it, you know, it's always, I've never had an issue with anyone in my company. Uh, I will say, however, going into the industry, working in a very male dominated industry, right. I think I had to work extra, extra hard to gain credibility in that because, you know, there's not a lot of 20 something year old Filipino women in the automotive industry. Okay. Like let's that. get superficial. Because I have to stop. Like, okay, you go to these, <laughs> let's say you go to, do you go to CES or do you go to like, um, I'm sorry, like SEMA or anything like that yeah, or whatever? definitely. Okay, let's say you go there, right? Um, you're dressed pretty somewhat conservative, whatever. Let's say you're like in a fucking bandage dress and it's tight and people see that you have curves and whatever, maybe, right? Don't tell me you don't get weird looks from a guy and be like, wait a second, you're the vice president of this, what the fuck? Like, don't I don't you- wear bandage dresses out when I'm out. When I'm... <laughs> Dressed for business, I'm dressed for business. I don't wear like a suit or something. I'll have a a sometimes something like a suit, or I'll have like a work dress or work, 
you know, skirt or whatever it is. Okay, but even your face or whatever it may be. I did. <laughs> you don't get like, you don't think they get kind of judgmental and be like, Oh, I okay. get super, you know, people judging, saying things. At first when, you know, I'd go to these conferences and something I love about the industry, you know, even though I'm not on the same level as these people, you know, being on that same playing field, being able to walk in a room, shake hands with the president of Mercedes-Benz worldwide, being able to walk into a room, shake hands with the vice president of Wells Fargo, Ally, whatever company it is, being able to right. shake hands with Alt Polaris, whatever, you know, and they know me on a first name basis and they know that I've built up my credibility to the point they want to do business with me. You know, that takes time, but it, it's very doable and it's right. been done. But definitely before I knew anybody in the industry um, and we were first starting out, I remember I'd go places with our CEO and they'd be like, oh, how's your wife? And he's like, that's not my wife. He's like, my wife's blonde. You know, he's a Russian dude. And so uh, it's just before I would get all kinds of like, what are you doing here? And I said, I own this fucking company. What are you doing here? It's like. <laughs> You know what I mean? You know, that shit happens all the time with me. I mean, first of all, look how I look, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. like, I get it worse than you and I don't have tits and ass. Like, you know, like <laughs> I'm talking, cause you know, like I wear baggy clothes, whatever the fuck it may be. There's times where I know I'm like, yo, I got a fly ass fit on. But even still, like on the regular part, like if you see me wearing baggy clothes, motherfucker, that's Prada. I ain't wearing some like, you know what I'm saying? It's like fucking from, but, but at the same time, I don't really wear name brand shit a lot. It's, you know, there's t-shirts from fucking Target. Um, but so when, when you guys started this new company 14 months ago, how, how much money do you think was invested to, to start that company? Uh, so we have no investors. We have no backers. We did everything. We okay, purchased what, the company on our own. Okay. And and how much did you guys have? Like, I mean, how much was, could you say or could you not say? I prefer not to say. I can't say, but it was dirt cheap. We didn't spend a lot of money. We we're extremely resourceful. Okay. If you're just, just a guesstimate, how much would you say this company is valued at now today? Uh, about two months ago, I had over six offers to buy my company for about $25 million or more. 25, between Jesus. 25 to 30 million, I had six offers for. <sighs> and I said no to all of them. Jesus Christ. So that was pretty, that was a good feeling. And what, what, <laughs> I'm sorry, what was your first job? Like, what, what was your first job with a paycheck? My very first job? Yeah. I think my first job, so I was working, so my first job I had was 14. I was actually working at a law firm, but I was hustling this lady. I was, I was charging her. 20 bucks an hour <laughs> cash, but it was under the table because I was 14. But right. my first real job with a paycheck, I was working minimum wage. Um, I think I worked at Abercrombie Kids was my first job that I had. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, yeah, that was definitely minimum wage. That was not a fun job. That's but. really cool. You know, I, I'd love to elaborate. Well, I'd like to extend this conversation off the, the interview because um, we've actually gone way more than I expected, which I'm happy about. But uh, no, like, listen, I'm intrigued like i'm so hook line and sinker right now about shit i had no idea was this and like finding people fucking coordinates longitude <laughs> latitude fucking um banks i mean like i've had like three or four loans with ally i love ally it's a great bank it's actually for a while they were actually like um the only bank that mclaren would use or like uh, i know they just lost that account yeah um ally's all fucked up right now by the way i don't know if you know there's some weird shit going on because I uh, I used Ally. I don't know why that, because I know Chrysler has a bank or Dodge. Has, anyways, my minivan, I got a crazy deal on it. It was like 58 grand. It was a current model. It's a great car, whatever. It's, I love this fucking minivan and it obviously seats seven comfortably and it's all blacked out, murdered out. It has everything you can fucking do to it. It has Wi-Fi, blah, blah, whatever. And I got the car for 15 grand under sticker because of a deal we did with Chrysler, whatever. But they financed the car through Ally my payments are like 480. It's, it's something ridiculous, right? My cell phone bill is higher than that. We're like for all my kids and shit. But Ally's going through a weird thing right now. But anyways, that's like 
separate. Uh, I'm so hyped that I know what you do now. So we can like, I'm going to ask you random shit now. So don't be yeah. like annoyed if I text you about fucking like. I move shit. I move all kinds of shit. Cars, boats, trucks, RVs. And the cool thing about freight and freight forwarding and whatever um, is that that's, you know, kind of something a market that we're getting into is global importing and exporting of all types of goods, not just cars. But that's right. something that is very easy to expand into. So that's and that's big. That's, you know, going from, you know, I had a meeting last when was it last month? And we went literally from North America to servicing, you know, global overnight. Right. There's a there's a really, really crazy minivan that's considered a limo. Only like diplomats, um, billionaires like that. They drive this uh, Toyota car. It's called the Alford. And the Alford is like the sickest. Lexus has one too. They make the sickest thing. I've been trying to bring one over and I have friends who are wealthy and everything. They can't. I found out that DOT doesn't like the fact that it's a little bit uh, slim like in width. So but I'm going to ask you some questions about that later because that's crazy. And then also on top of that, I checked the auctions always. And not just like, look, I checked all California because, you know, once in a while you do see a P1 hit auction for like a million when they were going for 2.3 and it's not whatever and so I might mess up. So I always check. And it's also good to check the climate of the game because people go buy cars, they get, they get. See, what you guys don't understand is it's one thing to buy an exotic car. It's another thing to be able to insure it. It's another thing to be able to service certain things. A lot of these cars come with service, but I'm talking about like, if you drive this car like a normal car and you drive this car in 10,000 miles a year, you're going to fucking completely destroy the value of the car. Mm -hmm. And with all that said, if you guys understand, like I'm very, 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 very careful about what I buy. And, you know, it's already, you know, you're like, okay, shit. Well, you know, you got these kids who finally have enough to, to buy a Lamborghini. Well, not really. They'll finance it for 240 months, which is the most mind-boggling shit in the world. 200 fucking 40 months and they'll be like listen man fuck this you know i don't care i want to have this car they'll put 60 70 thousand miles on a lamborghini and not realize that it's worth shit and of course you had fun with it but now you're just like so upside down you paid six times for the car from what it's worth and whatever and um if you were hip to auctions and things like that you actually would fucking steal something and and on top of that you could drive it for a while and if you were to sell it later you would come out you know close to even, depending on what it is. You know? There are, I know guys who've made millions doing that, just I, I do off it, auctions. I do it on the side, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so back to like personal questions, right? Do you, do you have a boyfriend? No, I do not. Okay. I, you know what, I can, can't imagine. You just seem, like, not, I'm not saying you're crazy, but you seem like you could be crazy. Um, <laughs> do you think men find it hard? Or like, do you th are they intimidated to ask you out? I've been told that they are, but I feel like at the same time, I'm pretty, I feel like I'm pretty approachable, right? I'm very, I don't you know. You seem like a soft person. Right. I'm, I'm just saying once they, okay. No, yeah, why wouldn't they? I'm just thinking in the brain, like let's say for instance, they find out that you are successful and whatever else. I mean, you seem like, look at, does a guy have to open the door for you when, when like you guys go out on a date? Uh, yeah, my dad taught me that for sure. <laughs> for sure. So my dad always taught me, he said, this is how a man should treat you. And my mom always taught me that, you know, you'll never need one. So do everything yourself. Don't ever expect anything from anybody. But if you do find somebody, make sure that they're putting the work in. So that's crazy. Okay. So um, now again, this is like a weird thing that's been going on for the last year on social. I see it here and there, right? Do you expect, if you guys are going on, you want a date, do you expect the man to pay for the bill? I... If it's a first date, I will always offer to, I always offer to pay the bill. I'll either offer to pay it or split it or whatever it is on the first date, but that's, that's just me. 
Um, because like I said, I don't expect anything from anybody. And I'm very weird about um, people buying things or paying for things, even if it's just a friend. A lot of times, you know, I don't want to have someone feel like, it, you know, I don't want to feel like I owe anything. Or I say that all the time on the show. Yeah. I don't like motherfuckers paying for a meal, this, that, whatever, because mm -hmm. in return, they're like, hey, man, I want this $10,000 chain for 100 bucks. Or they just, the, the, the favor, I have a clean slate everywhere. Do you know what I mean? I don't like that at all whatsoever. Um, most young people, when I'm hearing or reading these surveys and things like that, they're just like, nah, fuck that. Yeah, girl's gonna pay, cool, let her pay. You know, I'm not really trying to fuck that. And they don't tip and certain things. It's just like, yo, man, like who the fuck raised you? And I'd be like, oh, I came up broke. I came up broke too. Like, listen, it's one thing, if you have zero dollars and zero cents and you live in um, the hood of fucking, I don't, you, let's just say you live in, uh, in Fairfield, California, and you have zero dollars, zero cents. Let's say you live in the worst part of Detroit. You have zero dollars, zero cents to your name. You live in Compton. I mean, at the end of the day, you all three, you have nothing, right? It's, it's, and I get it. There's some people who have, there are color issues. There's certain things. There's discrimination, blah, blah. Bottom line is, man, is no matter where the fuck you grew up, have some fucking class, you know, and just figure it out. I always tell people all the time, when I was broke financially, I was never broke mentally. You know, I knew in my mind, I was like, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. It's going to happen. And to me, I would feel weird for, if it was my birthday, I'm like, eh, okay, I might let it go. But I'm not going to let a girl pay for my, for my meal. My wife never paid for a meal. And, you know, like, it's not that she would ever be like, oh, well, I'll pay. I, I think early on, she might have attempted to in here and there. But I just had that energy out there like, yo, listen, no, I should be able to hold you down. You know, women are different now. And you're even still, like, you're at that cusp. You're you're part of that new wave of these these idiots out here. And I'm sorry I say that and generalize that whole, you know, demographic of, of, of people that are like, you know, like that 25 and under or whatever. And you're near that. But you obviously were raised really right. And, and I want to meet your dad one day and just be like, wow, fucking amazing. But like, it's weird. Um, have you ever been on a date and the guy expected you to pay? Oh, yes. Definitely. I, then, I have a funny story about it too. It's, okay. So, so please elaborate on so that. So I was dating this guy. He was, uh, he's an athlete, but he was back and forth between here and Southern California. And he basically came into town. He literally just flew in. So I know he has his wallet. You have to have your ID to get on any plan. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so we go to dinner. We go, uh, you know, he said, oh, where do you want to go? And I let him pick wherever you wanted to go. We go where he wanted to go. It's this nice steakhouse. We go and, um, Mind you, his phone's ringing the entire time, and it's the same. I could see it. It's a female calling him over and over, and I'm starting to think, hmm, okay, this is interesting. I'm just going to let this go. We'll figure this out later. So I stay calm. It's fine. And we go do dinner, and he says, oh, I'd like to do all these, you know, whiskey tastings. Can you bring me flights of this? And he orders all this shit, like so much shit. And whiskey gets expensive. It's I love whiskey. I'm a whiskey drinker. I love, yeah. I'm a beer girl and a whiskey girl. So that's... Right. I was, like, I was like, okay, whatever, you know, we're having fun. And then at the end of dinner, he goes, oh, I'm so sorry. I, I forgot my wallet. Uh, can you pay for this? And I was looking at him and I was like, I know you didn't forget your fucking wallet because you just came here straight from the fucking airport. You didn't even fly private. I was like, you came to fucking San Carmeno, Metro, yeah. whatever, you know, I was yeah. like, you came on a normal ass flight. I was like, you're such a fucking liar. If it's a, whatever, it's fine. And I said, yeah, that's fine. And I remember uh, this is back. I was actually a waitress a long time. So this is back oh, when I was a waitress. Fuck. I know I was a waitress back then. So I had hella cash on me. <sighs> I pulled out my wallet and I just pull out all this cash and I paid for it. And I looked at him. I was like, there you go. It's fine. Not a problem. I'll pay for it. And then he's like, oh, I'm sorry. He just tried to, he was trying to 
be a, it was weird. He was just very, I don't know. So then after that, you know, he drops me off at my house. He's like, I'd love to, you know, let's see each other again as soon as we can. And I was like, dude, you're, first of all, you're lying to me. Second of all, apparently you got some other girl who's calling you and blowing your phone up. I was like, no, nah, that's okay. I don't, I said, I don't mind paying. He's like, I'll pay you back. I said, I don't want your money. Yeah, it's done. Yeah. I said, I don't want your money. It's fine. I'll pay for it. It's not a fucking problem. I'll take care of it. But just don't ever call me ever again. So no kiss goodnight, nothing like that. Nothing. No, you... he tried to hug me and I just kind of shrugged my shoulders and walked away. That's I was like, I'll crazy. see you later, you know. Could you could you date someone that made less money than you? I've always dated people who made less money than me. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. So Christ. I mean, it was always my last relationship was a very weird story, but I've generally, you know, most of the time I've dated men who've you know, they try to come off a certain way and, you know, yeah. and something I will say, it's not always about, it's not about money. I, I would take somebody who's ambitious over successful any fucking day. Of you course. know, if you're working on something, I love that, you know, but if you're just sitting at home and, you know, if you're living off your parents' money or you're not doing anything with your life, you know, whatever, I don't, that's not attractive to me. But I definitely, I think for me, I need somebody who not necessarily makes more money than me, but I need somebody who can match my hustle, someone who's okay with, hey, I travel a lot. Hey, I'm in business meetings. Hey, I have all these other projects that I'm working on and I need them to be supportive and understanding of that. And a lot of times I've noticed, I was thinking about it, it's like, what is my type? I don't know if I have a type. But then I realized I've never dated a guy who has a normal nine to five job. Right. Uh, any person I've ever dated is always- I've never had a type as far as a girl be like, know, oh, you have a type. No, I don't. Like I've dated fucking like mixed black chicks. I've dated, you know, Asian. I've, no, I've, I've dated very few. The Asian's probably the, the fewest, but I've just dated always all kinds of different things. Um, do you have any psycho exes who like see like you're flourishing now and like now they're like, fuck, they want to slide back in your life? Oh, you saw my Twitter, huh? This is like, oh, yeah, definitely. No, I, I, I didn't, honestly, that was just, that was a question that was just on me. Yeah, definitely. It's something, I mean, in the second you drop somebody who's either negative or, um, not only negative, just toxic in any way, good things will just come to you. And that was the situation I was kind of recently in. And, you know, something that one of my, my most recent ex, he said to me when we broke up, I said, you know, cause he was, it was a bad situation. And I told him, I said, just so you know, I said, someday I'm going to be more successful than you. I'm going to have more <laughs> money than you and your whole fucking inheritance. And you're going to regret the way you treated me. And then that happened about a month ago. So oh, I was really happy about God. that. <laughs> I Let know. that fucking dude go. Fuck that dude. Yeah. So. What's the, what's the most important quality that you need in a man? Like you just need, like what's security with themselves. Um, I think when a person is secure with themselves, they're just a all around better person. They're more supportive, more caring, um, and more understanding. And it just makes them better. I'm not here to finish what your parents fucking failed. I'm not here to fucking hold your hand and teach you how to be a man. I'm not here to teach you how to hold your liquor, I'm not here to teach you what to do with your fucking life. I'm not here. Right. My purpose, my existence is not just to make you happy. You know, you, I want to be with someone I can grow with. And for that to happen, they have to be secure within right. themselves. God damn, Mari, you have a lot of anger towards this fucking guy. I need it. I tell him a little heated. I was like, whoa. Jesus Christ. How important is hygiene to you and a man? Very important. Super, right? Super. I have, I'm very organized person. I'm a very clean person. I have OCD. I'm very. Who are you talking to? Do you realize like, <laughs> you know, I meet these kids and I don't even mean kids. I'm talking about like, you know, they're 28, 27, 23, 22. You know, I feel like at 16, I remember hanging out with guys and being like, yo, fuck, I'm about to get my hair cut. I'm about to do this, this, and this. And it's like, 
listen, the only thing I regret, I, not regret, I'm sorry, only thing I kind of like miss and wish, I used to get a manicure once a week, but I work with my hands because I'm a jeweler, you know, and my hands are fucked up. But it's more of just, I, I like having clean cuticles, you know, I like looking at that. It just looks, you know, I'm not, I don't fuck with the nail polish, that's not my thing, you know, but like, you walk up to somebody and like, here, come here. Like, just smell my arm. I smell your arm? No, I'm serious. Well, your arm does smell nice. That's why I smell all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, regardless, like you, you walk up to people and these are people who have money now and they're whatever. And I'm like, bro, you smell like fucking trash can, man. Like you don't care about that. And I remember it's funny because we're in the Bay and E40 is a friend of mine. He's also like somewhat, of a, not a mentor necessarily, but he's a big homie and he talks about it. He has older kids and he's like, you know, these kids don't know. They don't take a shower. They don't smell. And I'm just wondering, like some girls don't give a fuck. Like, oh, he's famous. I don't care. I want to do this. But like, could you like, fuck with some dude who smelled like or did or, or didn't like basically just didn't didn't take care of himself no you can't take if you can't take care of yourself how are you going to take care of someone else you know what i mean you can't i don't know that's like bare minimum just qualities in a human take care of yourself wash your hands take a shower it's not that difficult right so i was saying this in uh on my on my podcast i've talked about how um when you become a grown person like girls usually are like really grown up at around 24 25 like they're at 24, 25, they could date someone 40 easily. They're just, women mature much faster, you know? That's why it's weird when you see a girl who's like 26 and she's dating a dude who's 23. Like, yo, this shit's like, you're so backwards. Man, how mature, men just aren't, you know? I'm going to be 47 in 10 days and like, or nine days and I still act 21, you know, or even fucking 17, you know? It's just, it is what it is. But when you get on the same page and um, you're dating a person and, you know, you don't have like, you know, you know you're a grown ass woman, you know, and this dude's a grown man. You guys can achieve a fucking three year relationship in a matter of like four months. I'm, I'm being serious, you know, because what are you waiting for? Like, you know, sit here and try to waste people's times. You know exactly what you want. He knows what he wants. Do you agree with, with what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. Like, you're not going to sit there and be like, oh, in high school, like, oh, you know, I could see you here and here. No, like, listen, motherfuckers, like you make things work or whatever. Um, generally, how long do you think it takes for you to be like, all right, well, this is my boyfriend. Um, it really depends. I would say my past relationships, I have, I very long-term relationships. So I've had three, four-year relationships. So, you know, but with that, obviously those are very different stages of my life. But I think, you know, I'm not in a place where I'm ready to date now, but if I were to meet somebody, uh, probably at least a few months, I would say, you know, I don't know. And like real deep combos. Like, so you're like really into, right? Yeah, definitely. Just, just, it was just a random question. All right. This is where it's going to be fucking, (laughs) this is going to be funny right here. Cause I know you're going to be like, what the fuck does size really matter to girls these days? I don't know about what other girls want, but I think. I think a lot of things matter. I think being sexually compatible with someone definitely matters, um, you know, right. and that that's different with every single person. I mean, for it is. me in particular, I think obviously it does play a part in it, you know. What I'm saying is a fat wallet can't wipe that out. Don't you think that that's like... No, definitely not. There's okay. nothing in it's... Yeah, no, definitely not. It, my, my theory is this, and, and I don't even know if you care, but I'm going to tell you anyways. I don't give a fuck what you think. Um, <laughs> you know... I, I, listen, okay, I, I don't know what your dating life is like, whatever, but you've dated a guy who was a bad kisser, I'm sure. Or went on a date with a guy who was a bad kisser. Don't you know right then and there, this shit just ain't going to work? Am I, am I right or am I not right? Yeah. Like, if they can't, because that's such a big part. That is one of the most intimate things, right? When you kiss somebody and be like, all right, this shit just ain't going to like, you know, like, it can kind of correct itself after like, you know, like a minute or two or the, the second time, you know what I'm saying, right? You're like, whatever. And it just sometimes you're like, 
who the fuck taught you how to kiss like a month? Like, what the fuck? You know, it, it's it's just, do you feel what I'm saying though? Like you said, the chemistry. That's why I was just curious. It's like, some girls are just like, no, it has to be this. And some girls are like, I don't give a fuck. What do you look like? What da 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 da? If he's got money and he got a Benz and blah, blah. Jesus Christ. I, 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 hate that. I have a daughter now. You know what I mean? I'm like, yo, like, you're not going to date at all. Then I'm thinking, fuck, I can't do that in my, you know. Um, question back to business. Do you think you would ever like offer mentorships to like women, like, you know, other women who like wanted to be in your position? Would you like, is there, is there a point in time where you want to do that and help other women out or? Definitely. I think uh, in the future. So I, I have a very strong goal I'm trying to reach with my company, but even prior to that uh, happening, obviously that hasn't happened yet. Um, I've actually had some women reach out to me and, you know, I'm not really, I don't have the time to set aside for that at the moment, but I think in the future, that's definitely something I'd, I'd love to do, you know, especially for me, like I didn't, I had to learn everything on my own, you know, and to have somebody who's a mentor to you. Um, well, and then after I got with this company, obviously I had our CEO who's been a mentor to me. That's been so helpful. And if I were to be able to do that for someone else, um, that would be, yeah, I would love to do that in the future. What do you think about like this me too thing, right? Like I talk about it often. I hate how sensitive people are and the, where they are right now and everything, right? And thank God, I've never, ever been like, all right, let me get this girl super fucked up, super drunk, and then I can have sex with her and boom. Like, I was more like, fuck this, you about to, like, you can't be that drunk. I want you to enjoy this good thing. Like, let's have fun. Like, let's be this. And there might be things I might have said, like, oh, you know, it's you can't just like, you can't talk freely anymore. People are too scared. You know what I mean? People are pulling out things from 15 years ago or a 10-year tweet or something, boom, be like, oh, you're a racist, this, this, and this. And it's taken completely out of context, right? How do you feel like, I mean, okay, hypothetically, you're in an office, there's another dude you kind of respect, whatever, and he says something, um, you guys are whatever, and you're you're in your own thing, doing your thing, and you hear him talking about his weekend, and he's like, man, shh, man, this chick, man, I met this chick, man, Vegas, man, she was crazy, man, went back to my room, man, yo, she gave me dome, and blah, blah, this and that, are you trying to report him to HR and get him fucking fired right then and there, or like, what someone does in their off time. I mean, if he's just talking about his weekend and right. as, I mean, as long as he didn't, you know, like drug her and drag her down, you no, know what no, I mean? I'm it's just like, saying, he's just talking about I'm that. not the kind of person to really go to yeah. HR for that kind of stuff. You know, okay. I just, I mean, we're work hard, play hard. We all like to have fun, but it's if you, if, very... If, if you guys are out by accident, whatever, and a guy was just like, all right, good for you, Aria, boom, and taps you on the butt, are you going to fucking flip on him? I'm going to fucking hit him in the face. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> Uh, no one's grabbing me no one's touching me it's not fucking oh happening oh my god so, so fucking funny you're not touching me and I used to kickbox too so I can throw oh a Lord, nasty punch oh shit so. oh fuck um where do you see yourself in five years from now um in five years from now I would like to be actually in less than four years from now I would like to have my company's valuation be at about 100 million dollars uh, which I'm on track for. Nice. Um, experiencing a huge expansion right now as well. So that's really cool to have a growth rate that uh, that's just growing so rapidly. Uh, very grateful for that. Um, aside from business, you know, I think my main priorities right now, the only place my head's at is my business and also my family. I take care of my dad and my grandma, my grandpa, um, right. who are all sick. So just, you know, as long as my family's taken care of, that's fine. I hope within five years, I probably am dating again, but you know. Hey, let me say this, okay. You could tell me to go fuck myself and I don't care. You know me. Listen, I have iron fucking feelings. Um, and I and I'm I'm a scumbag, the whole nine, everything, right? But I'm a I'm at the end of the day, I'm I don't fucking play games. You know what I mean? Like when I say that, 
I would never risk anything that would involve, because now I don't just take care of my three kids, but those are the ones that are more important, you know, I, my wife, um, my in-laws for the, you know, for here and there, whatever, but, you know, my mom, but my kids, you know, I, I have to make sure that they're good. You know, some people don't care. They're like, well, you know, I do what I can here and there. And that's cool. I just really, it's just something that to me, they have no one else to rely on. They have, you know, it's, it's a big responsibility. Um, with that being said, you, you know, like I didn't know until recently that, you know, women's that they have like a, there's a, the clock is ticking. You know what I mean? It's fucking crazy. Like, you know, it becomes high risk after 34, if you don't have a kid and certain things. And all I'm saying, this is this one of my neighbors she owned an enormous successful company. She was a waitress at a go-go place, like not a go-go place, I'm sorry, a hostess bar. Um, I won't even say, because now she's probably embarrassed about that. And you know, she worked at a degrading job, whatever, but she was similar to you. And um, she's like, you know, she's tall, she's more attractive, she's Korean. You know, she sold her company for $500 million and she owned like 95% of it. Now that. the thing was this though, I know inside... Now, she wouldn't trade the money for, you know, whatever, maybe, you know, and her, her life is like a whole different level of different, right? And um, she's had like three marriages, just didn't work out here and there. And she's set herself so focused with her job. But I know inside she wants to stab herself for not having a kid and not like slowing down or whatever. And maybe it would have been fucked up. There has to be a, f a time. And I'm just, I'm only telling you this because there's nothing greater in my life. And some people, it's not for them. But there's nothing greater in my life than being a father. So like, just know like while you're on that goal to do a hundred, it can still be there. Cause I feel like with what you're doing and where you are in your thing, don't let that shit, no, again, you have to find the right guy. Obviously you can't just fucking, you know, be with something, but if the shit's aligned and you like someone here and there, or whatever, like, don't be afraid. Like, cause like, I, I would hate to like, I want to see you on fucking Twitter and be like, you know, my son today or my daughter today and boom, <laughs> went here and there. And, you know, um, with that being said, what is your exit goal? Like, where do you want to leave the game at? Like, is there a certain number? Is there a certain milestone? Um, well, okay. So as far as children go, so funny story. So my mom actually had me when she was 38 and my dad is 10 years older than her. So they had me right. and my younger sister at a much older age. So that's something I definitely do want in the future. Um, eventually, however, no, like women I said, are having kids here, but, but, yeah. but it's again, one, it's, it's dangerous. Yeah. But you know, the crazy part is you seem normal. You, I mean, when I say normal, I mean like, do you have a lot of allergies? Do you have any other illnesses? Do you have like anything like... No, I'm pretty... pretty I'm no, so you, you guys are good. I'm just saying it's just... We live in a different age now. There's all kinds of crazy shit. Um, I definitely want to say, so for my particular, you know, that's that's kind of like our number as, you know, my management team goes, but obviously we're happy to, we definitely want to do more than that. But our main, our first goal was $100 million. Definitely want to succeed that. Uh, I'll probably would like to take some time off and travel when that does happen. Um, and then, but I don't think I'll ever really stop working. I think if I was, you know, if I I'm 28 right now. If I retire in five years, I don't want to retire in five years. And what am I going to do all day? Right. You know what I mean? Well, no, I mean, you know, my, my wife is a full-time mom. Yeah. You know, she had a bikini line and whatever, blah, blah. And I think she does want to do some things now. My daughter's getting to the age where she's starting to grow up and this and that. She's the boss of the house now. She fucking fucks her big brothers up. And it's good because she makes her tough, mm -hmm. you know, and I think she'll be tougher. She'll be a little Aria like you. And um, um, all I'm saying is I can't wait to fucking retire. Like at 50, I'm, I just want to be done. Other people are like, man, you work so fucking much. There's no way. No, fuck you. I'm just, listen, man, nobody, the dude you know at 31 with the hard work ethic and all that and everything, right? Listen, I'm not trying to offend him or anything. I've probably lived 
700 lives of what he has currently have right now. Just what I've done, the shit here and there, what I've put, meant, the, the anguish I've put on my brain and all the other stress I put on myself, everything I've done, the interactions, like I'm over it. I don't want to talk. I mean, I'd like to have a podcast still, but I just don't want to work like that anymore. I've gone so weird now that I don't like, I used to love meeting new people. Now I don't want to meet anybody. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just a, a weird thing. But I'm just saying like me personally, like, yeah, no, 33 is fucking like, that's hella young to retire. Right. But some girls don't like to work. You seem like you, you love what you do. So. I love to work. I've always loved to work. I remember when I was first starting in college, I was working three jobs while going to college. You know, I've just always, I've always been that way. Um, I like to stay busy. Like I said, I was super busy growing up. Um, so I, I need to fill my day with something productive. Otherwise I just, I feel useless if I'm not being productive. If I can retire at 50, that'd be ideal, I think. But okay. So let's just say you do get, um, just for argument's sake, let's say you get a lump sum. You saw your company, boom, you get a lump sum for like 25 mil. What is the first thing you're going to do with that money? Take care of my parents. Okay. Look at <laughs> 3 million and they're good. I'm just yeah. at their age, whatever else I'm saying, what do you get besides that? Is there anything, is there anything you want to get? Is there anything like, are you just... I mean, I'm definitely a car girl, so I would probably have to get a a really, really (laughs) nice car. Um, But, you know, I'm very, like I said, I started reading like investments, finance books when I was super young. I would definitely want to make sure that whatever money I'm spending, I'm going to be making back and doubling or tripling so I can get it. But, you know, that's just how my mind works. I'm not going to. But that's why, like I said, I have like an area, right? Yeah. Like, okay, look at this is my car fund. Mm-hmm. Right. I know there might be an L here. And then there's also, like I said, I flip and I could do good. But at the same time, that's that fund right there. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? So on this side, I'm like, all right, well, this is the part that's going to handle that. And I ain't worried about that really. You know, that is more of my own personal, like, this is where I release. You know, I get to have fun. This is my hobby. Boom. Sometimes it pays off, sometimes it doesn't. And that's why I like some of my toys I collect and things like that. That makes money. I was just, just curious. Yeah. Probably travel or cars. I like cars a lot. So. What's like the biggest purchase that you've made in the last like three years since you've made a little money or whatever? Is there anything that you've bought? You know, I haven't really done anything. I haven't bought anything super, you know, expensive. That's probably going to sound weird, kind of boring. Sorry to uh, let you down with that. But I really have just been... No, it's good. This seems irresponsible. I'm very, very, very big on if I don't, like if I buy something and if I can't buy at least 10 of them, I shouldn't buy it. That's you know what I mean? So yeah. I don't really, I don't know. I've brought some like nice shoes, you know, some purses, but nothing crazy. Right. I haven't bought, I'm not super extravagant. I'm, I'm a very simple person. That's really, that's really, really great. You know, if I buy a $600,000 car, like no bullshit, 6 million has to be sitting somewhere that already just spoke for that. Or at least three where it just doesn't even, it's not a factor. You know, you, you talk about travel a lot. You're always talking about, you know, like, like traveling and you like to travel where is the most favorite place that you've visited so far? Uh, for personal travel, it would probably be, I really, really love Croatia. I love the, yeah, I love Croatia. I, my, my, one of my boys is Croatian. And he tells me all the time. It's beautiful. Oh, you got to go. It's going to be so much fun. I'm like, I love it. It's amazing. It's beautiful. You can get a yacht out there. They have like boat taxis. It's so laid back. Everything's, food's good. It's so, so, so fun, laid back. They have boat taxis in the fucking Caribbean. Yeah. I don't know. I just like Croatia a lot more. The culture is just, I love it. And then I also really like, um, I went to the French Riviera, you know, Monaco. F- beautiful. If you paid attention to anything in Instagram, <laughs> whatever else, the South of France will always be in my top two or top three. Yes. The South of France, listen, man, Monaco, Saint-Tropez, the French Riviera, um, can't. But pretty much though, mostly Saint-Tropez, 
and the French Riviera right there. Uh, Monte Carlo is amazing too. Those are like, it's just a different, but you have to have, it's not even, it's just a, the, to spend 30 bucks on a coffee, like you have, to, they ain't fucking around over there. They're not, it's just oh, a different. I, I just remember level. I was sitting on the top of Nikki Beach over in Monaco and I'm watching, yeah. you know, all the cars come down at sunset, you know, yeah. all the different, just car watching, you know, they're yeah. having all these crazy, ins, you know, all day. It's, it's, it's a sight to see. It's, it it's is. amazing. So. And they're not fucking around at all whatsoever. Um, do you still live at home by any chance? I'm just curious. I live over in Faro. Wait, are you saying at home, no. like in do you Sacramento? Still live, do you still live at home with your parents? I'm oh, saying no. <laughs> okay, so yeah. you have your own place at least. Yes, I do. Okay, I was gonna say that. I was just, I was just curious. You know, you're Filipino, you're a girl, whatever. Um, eventually, like, do, do you want to live in Sacramento for the rest of your life, or do you want to move out? Like, no, I definitely don't want to live in. Sa okay, so I love Sacramento. I, I really do. I like living there. But uh, wow. something for me, I so. It's funny you ask me that. I'm actually at my parents' house during the week. Uh, they live pretty close to where I live. So I'm always making sure that I'm there. My dad has cancer. So I'm always during the week after I finish my work, I go and I cook for my parents. I always take care of them, make sure my dad could get in and out of bed and whatnot. So, you know, I'm at their house probably more than I'm at my own house. Uh, but, and that's my number one priority is my family. So I think once I uh, know that my family's completely taken care of, everything's good with them, uh, I would probably move either to Chicago or LA. I love Chicago, but uh, LA for sure. I, Chicago's dope. I had an apartment there for a little bit. Listen, it is fucking freezing to the whole different levels of freezing there. It's, it's Yeah, that, I think that's the only reason I think realistically, but I mean, it's super affordable to live there. And no, it's Chicago's like, great. It's yeah, amazing. Chicago's, Good food. Even in a really, let's say for instance, in downtown, like, you know, like in the Magnificent Mile, yeah. like even living at the Trump and stuff or living, and then you could be like in Evanston, which is like a really nice area. You could be in so many different parts. And yeah, definitely it is affordable. That's smart, you know, but again, that Midwest cold is, I just got back from Chicago. I was there this week and she was fucking free zing like fuck so i went to that. art basel over in miami and i had to um head to chicago for a quick meeting right after so i'm flying out of miami yeah, you're like leaving 70 80 degree weather and then so the only thing that i lost I, I don't normally lose things but when i was in miami i don't know why or where they went i lost my socks all the socks that i brought not that I even really wore socks out there but you know i had a <laughs> pair of sneakers yeah i wear heels everywhere and then if you're going to the beach, wear flip-flops or whatever, you're going to slide. I don't know. And so I remember I had a pair of sneakers. I'll wear them on the on the plane, like some Nikes or something. And I'm looking for my socks. I can't find them. I'm heading to Chicago. And so I'm literally in this, and it was a last-minute trip. So I didn't have sweatshirt or anything. So I'm literally flying from Miami to Chicago wearing a, like a tank top and <laughs> some flip-flops. In the middle of the night, I'm getting to O'Hare. And I was like, hey, guys. They're looking at me like, where is this bitch? Like, where is she yeah. going? You know what I mean? No, for real. <laughs> so bad. Um. And we're getting like down to almost nothing. Uh, do you have any haters? Probably. I don't know. And I mean, not off the top of my head. I feel like I'm I'm very, I'll say shit how it is, but I don't cause too many right. problems. No, I'm, just, I'm just curious if you have haters. Like, you I'm sure I do, but I don't know. Right. They're, they're not relevant. Why, why is your Instagram and your uh, Twitter page private? Uh, <laughs> so I, I really like my personal life to be, um, separate from my work life and definitely working with a lot of, you know, fortune 500 companies and whatnot, even aside from that, even if I didn't have a job like that, I think I would still keep my page private just because I'm just That's actually smart, you know, like I'm a private person. I don't need someone who I don't know coming in my life, trying to tell me how to run my life or do this or do that. I don't need, I don't need that. You know, I'm not, I'm not here no, for that. That's really smart. You know, I'd rather just, if you want to make shit. a joke about something and I know sometimes you do, some, you say some shit that's uh, uh, like off the wall, or you'll laugh about someone like a funny meme and the meme would be funny, but at the same time might be a little brash or crude. Mm -hmm. You don't want some fucking like someone from fucking like from, 
from Chase Bank to be like, oh, that's how Arya thinks. All right, boom. And like, bitch, you don't know me. Like, how the fuck are you going to judge me off this? I get it. Yeah, definitely. That makes sense. And I think it's better too to just focus on like your side. Like, I don't need attention from, you know, elsewhere. You know what I mean? Like, I whatever I do, I'm focusing on myself, my success, my family, being productive. I don't need anybody else's validation to confirm that. So. Oh, that's dope. Um, the last question that any person who comes on my show, I ask, I forgot about it for like the last like four or five guests, which is crazy. But the last question I ask anyone who's a guest on my show is, is there anything you want to ask me? Something I want to ask you. <laughs> Could be anything. Do you have a favorite child? <sighs> I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I've had three different experiences with all the kids. Uh, London had a lot of, a lot of sickness um, growing up. I don't know if you know if you've even paid attention, but mm-hmm. my son spent a lot of time in the hospital. Um, he's my firstborn. That was the one I think I cried the heart because it was like, you know, for so long. I had my first kid at 39. I was like, fuck, you know, like, you know, it meant a lot. And, and, and you know, I was probably the most active in the diaper changing and this, that with him in first life, you know. And then Ryder came along and he's like a little rascal. He's like, the, I, he's my exact twin as far as personality. He's fucking crazy. Anytime a pretty girl comes over the house, he'll touch their leg. He's like, hey, do you guys want to come to my room? He says the most crazy shit. And my wife be like, he's fucking you. And I'm like, I, like what the fuck? Like, you know, just, <laughs> just, just, Ryder's just amazing. And I, he's just something about him. And, and he's, he's five and a half and he's almost actually six. And he's losing the baby little boy thing. And it's making me really sad. You know, it's just like, fucking, I, I love my kids. I don't know if you can, it pours out of my, like my pores. You could just see how much love I have for my children. But now I got a daughter, you know, like I finally had a daughter, like I, two boys had a daughter and like three kids is crazy. Right. She is like, fuck man. The day I left for, for, for Sacramento, when I was flying out to Sacramento, she was going to the mall with my wife and she's like, Bye, Daddy. I love you. And she's like, Daddy, can I have some money to go shopping? And I couldn't believe she said that to me. <laughs> and then I gave her a $20 bill. I was just like, here, boom. Because usually most of the toys that she wants are like between $12 and $20 or whatever. Fuck, she didn't know. And she's like, Mommy, I got $5. You know, she doesn't know, obviously, what, what numbers are or anything. I just looked at her and I was like thinking like, fuck, man, my credit card's going to be fucked up. You know, like <laughs> boys are easy. You know, it's that. They don't got to worry about manicures, pedicures, hair, eyelashes and all that shit. It's just fuck i just was hip to it recently you know like in the last 10 years i had no idea how fucking expensive it is to be a girl it's really tough especially to you know women feel good about themselves and certain things and then you know guys want them to look a certain way or whatever it's like all right you can't be no broke bitch out here stunting it's like you have to like you know it's it's a lot but yeah i i kaya's like you know she's the baby of the family you know she's and she's a girl so you know i mean um can't say she's my favorite she's just you know i, I think i uh i have a softer spot for her because she's a girl but anyways, that's it. Is that, is that good? That's good. Listen, man, this is probably, and I sound so crazy. This is definitely one of my favorite interviews. It's, um, it, I had no idea that Ari did this for a living. If you guys are out there um, and you do want to follow her, obviously, if you look at the, the episode notes and look at the Instagram post, we've tagged her in there. But it's um, at just Aria Price or is it an underscore? Is there? Uh, Miss Aria Price. Okay. At Miss Aria Price. Um yeah, listen, don't come with no bullshit. She'll find your location and send some motherfucking <laughs> Russian gangsters to your house and all that stuff and everything else. Yo, Miles, man, uh, take me away with some Lakey Lake.
yo 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 so we're back you are listening to behind the baller podcast you know what i'm saying i'm your host ben baller not ben humble uh once again i'd like to thank our guest miss aria price for coming on and talking to shit like i said we definitely need to get more women on here that are doing things and don't have a lot of followers i'm hyped that she was able to crush shit in life without like having to use her social media and uh she doesn't have a huge social media following anyway. So again, salute to Aria. Um, so man, Bad Boys 3, man. <sighs> Fuck, man. You know, man, I was really hyped to see it. I've been an insane Martin Lawrence fan since the early 90s. You know, um, since this motherfucker was an extra and do the right thing in Spike Lee's movie, you know, like... It's been some of my favorite movies, comedy-wise. One of my favorite stand-up comedians. He's just amazing. And to me, Will Smith has always been corny. Period. Pursuit of Happiness, a few other movies. He had some. He has a couple of gems, but he's been. There was a long period of time. Some of you guys who are under thirty, you probably wouldn't know this, but there's a long period of time where he was like the butt of the jokes. You know what I'm saying? People wouldn't really fuck with the dude in the hip hop community. He was the dude that you would joke about. Like, not on the Ja Rule level, but almost, you know, like people were like, you know, and Fresh Prince of Bel-Air was cool and whatever, but it was really poppy. It wasn't edgy at all whatsoever. It, and it definitely wasn't Martin. It was not the Martin show, you know what I'm saying? And anyone who disagrees with me, again, listen, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. You know, I just know that, you know, if you tell me that you think that Fresh Prince of Bel-Air was better than Martin or is better than Martin. I know everything I need to know about you. Cause you know, it's just, but again, a lot of you guys are young. I even fuck with Kevin Hart more than I fuck with Will Smith, you know? And I'm not a huge Kevin Hart fan at all whatsoever. That documentary gave me the most utmost respect about Kevin Hart, like whatever. Anyways, man, a few hours prior before I'm about to hit this movie, my boy Homicide tells me he heard some shit about the movie and he's not going, um, he's not gonna go see it. He's like, fuck that. So I'm like, you know what, man? I don't give a fuck what the fuck you doing, bro. I'm, I'm going to let you know the real, okay? I'm hyped. I'm going to go see this shit. You know, I'm, I'm going to the Metreon. You know, it's one of my favorite fucking places. It's got the dopest fucking IMAX screen in the country. Um, again, the theater is one of my favorites. You know, they got a boba bar on the bottom floor. They actually got decent boba. You can bring that shit upstairs. Um, uh, my birthday's coming up, so they gave me free popcorn and free large drink. You know, I'm an A-list member. And in the back of my mind, I just can't get that fucking tweet out of my head that Homicide sent out. Shit's embedded in my head. So I'm like kind of pissed off, you know, whatever. And uh, at least I got my guard up, which is cool. So the movie starts, you know, after 28 minutes of fucking shitty previews of nothing I want to fucking, that I care to see that it's coming up. And I'm like, you know, let me just come clean. All right. This movie was ass. All right. Straight up. Straight up. I'll give this movie a five out of 10, all right, they made Martin Lawrence washed, they made him like a born-again Christian, he was soft, um, Will, he just forced a lot of things, you know what I'm saying, he said the N-word, he was just trying to be a tough dude, it was just, it was so forced and just, just weird, man, Bad Boys 1 and 2 were so much better, it's not even funny, all right, like, my only favorite parts of the entire fucking movie was anything that fucking Vanessa Hutchins was in, I don't even think she's all that that dope. She's just, she looked cool in the movie and just, I don't know, man. The movie was so fucking predictable and it's just like, I don't even predict shit all the time, but it was just so predictable. Even the thing that they thought was like, there was like a shocker in the movie, that shit was fucking predictable too. 
Then next up, listen, man, people watch this shit for the action, for the cars, whatever. You know, the first one, he had the fucking 930 Turbo. He had the Porsche Turbo, the six shit. And then he had, you know, the fucking Super America. He had the 612 and, and um, the Ferrari. You know what I'm saying? Like, he always had the dopest shit that was, whatever was current. They had this dude pushing a 992 Carrera. They had him in a Porsche C4S. Like, come on, man. You always had the most lit shit out, Will. I mean, he should have been at least in an A12 super fast, you know, or even like a Pista or even a fucking SVJ, just something doper, you know, like Carrera. Like, I don't know. Listen, man, and DJ Khaled is just, that shit was just, it was like a music video, like extra long music video. Don't waste your time. If you want, just wait to stream it for fucking $5 or whatever it is, man. But, uh, yo, you want to know what was good? That motherfucking Aaron Hernandez documentary. That shit, wow. Just wow. Now listen, I know I've made a lot of jokes about him in the past and this and that. And you know, I, I feel bad about the jokes here and there. But let me tell you something real quick. Dude had no sympathy for me for what, you know, him killing himself on nine and uh, whatever's for fucking insurance or life insurance, whatever the fuck it may be. I feel bad for his wife and for his daughter, of course. I don't feel bad for him at all whatsoever. Listen, I get it. CTE is very real. They're blaming this, that, and the third. Man, listen, dog, please stop with all that bullshit. Listen, he went out there and still did that. He's murdering. Yeah, I know he was a fucking schizophrenic and all everything else. Listen, still went out there and murdered fools, okay? Being a sociopath and psychopath, like, like for real, like clinically, you know, like, uh, what do you call it? Diagnosed with that shit. Like, come on, man. No, we get no pass. Um, he went all out, you know, he actually did those crimes and it is what it is, man. But the side twist, the rumors of him being gay, you know, I heard that shit. Was, come on, man. But then like his homies from high school and other people out in him, like for real, like breaking down shit. Like, look, man, I ain't on some tank shit. What Tank said is like, you know, out of pocket, but like, look, man, and you know, like, <laughs> I don't have like two or three gay friends. I have, you know, I have, I have dozens. I can't think, well, acquaintances because I don't have a lot of friends really, but I don't know, man. I ain't trying to articulate what could have possibly happened, but it, like without sounding homophobic or anything weird or whatever, listen, man, and I'm not even about that. I'm just, just listen. I think it's possible that this motherfucker could have touched some dicks. You know, that sounds crazy as fuck. Rubbed up against someone in high school, whatever. Because the way when you watch this shit, you understand. Maybe he got a motherfucking hand job from fucking his homie. I don't fucking know. But them, like he was so young, and, and you know, I don't know. They don't fucking know. And yeah, technically that's gay, or maybe bisexual. Cause dude was smashing broads, and you know, you get the way he talks and everything and whatever. Be like, oh, you know, people have to hide shit. Listen, man, I, my gaydar is pretty good. My wife's gaydar is incredible. But if his wife didn't know at all, she didn't see a single dead ass tendency at all whatsoever. Man, I, I don't. I, I ain't trying to believe that shit. You know. By the way, his wife is a motherfucking writer. God damn, his wife. He fucking get a wife like that, man. But yeah, just, you know, dude was bisexual, I guess. Or I don't fucking know. I just, you know, to, to think that he was having sex with another boy, it just, man, again, who knows? It's just crazy. What I really want to know is, why the fuck did he kill Odin Lloyd? 
Like I, I really want to know. It was just this movie was was well put together, just showing Boston, you know, Boston's small and shit. But like, like what, what the fuck happened with him and Odin? I'm just trying to figure out like why, what secrets, what did you know, what other secrets did Aaron have? God damn, because there was crazy shit going on in this in this documentary. The billionaire, Robert Kraft, fucking owner of the Patriots. He fucking testified. Like they showed this motherfucker go on this. Like this is crazy. Just the documentary is mind blowing. It's so fucking good. Um, there's a lot of shit I didn't know about. I didn't even know about the other murders. You know, I thought he just murdered Odin Lloyd. That was the one. You know, I, I, the, the press went crazy. This shit is nuts. It's must see TV. All right, you got you have Netflix. Go watch that shit. The best part of the documentary is when he's like all the recorded phone calls from jail. That shit is crazy. Him talking to his wife, him talking to his to his friends, his homies, um, him talking to his mom. If you get some time, just trust me, just watch this shit. Dude was so calm. And um, when you see like his mannerisms and just the way he is in court and just shit, it just, it just dude, it's fucking crazy. He went around, he fucking murdered people. And after he murdered them, the motherfucker was playing a football game the next day. This motherfucker murdered two guys and played an entire NFL season and killed it while he did that. Went to the Super Bowl, like, as if nothing was going on. Like, it's just fucking crazy. Um, You got to watch this shit. Back to weed. Back to cannabis. I'm looking at my notes. I don't really write shit down. You know what I'm saying? But, yo, guys, listen, man. The launch of my strain will be sometime in mid-February. That's what I'm aiming for. At least, you know, that's what I'd, I'd like it to be. And the first launch will obviously be in SF because that's where the base is and everything. And the next will follow up in LA and then it'll spread apart. This is kind of like, you know, this is a this is premium cannabis. This shit is so fucking fire. Just stay tuned. Um, the first strain I'm dropping is Cat Dick. Um, for any of y'all know about me and Jonas, you know what I'm saying? And memory of my man, Jonas Bavacqua. And this is the, the first strain of four that I'll be releasing it's a 7030 Indica hybrid. It's fucking gas. Remember, this is Cookie's family. You know what I'm saying? It's Sky Pack Farms. My cultivation is no joke. We don't put out no booth at all. And I'm really impressed by it. Looks great, smells great, and most importantly, it smokes incredible. Shit had me lit, feeling great. I can't wait for you guys to try and smoke this shit. Um... Can't think of nothing else. We're not going to do fan questions uh, this this episode because we did the interview. But before we leave, yo, listen, man, I got the craziest weirdos in my DMs. I was just thinking about it. Like, um, I discovered that restricted button so you don't block somebody. It's fucking amazing. It's, it's a crazy button. I won't even get into the feature. I'd rather have you guys figure it out. But I get guys in my DMs and girls even whatever, and they'll send me like a DM like two or four years ago. And be like, oh my God, you inspire me so much, man. You're so cool, man. You know, um, I wish, you know, I hope I could meet you one day. And then, you know, a few months later, you'll see like the timestamps or anything. Be like, they'll periodically put like, yo, you're so talented. Fuck, I want to be just like you when I grow up. Or, you know, can you mentor me, blah, blah. And then like, you know, years go by and it just gradually gets like worse. And I only see these messages. Like I could put, just pull one random message here and there and I'll get them here and there. And like, you know, because someone will send me a recent message and then there'll be all the messages they sent prior or replies to stories and stuff, you know. And, uh, you know, as the time goes by, these messages get worse and worse. And there's like a fucking CVS 
like length receipt size of DM history. And now they're just like, they leave like, you're a bitch. You ain't shit. You think you're so fucking cool. You're broke. You're a fucking hater. You suck at life. Oh man, Seahawks suck and whatever. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, bro, you went from being my biggest fan to being some like fucking weirdo. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You, you like, go see somebody. Go see some help, man. Go, go outside, man. Drink some milk. Like, why would you follow me if you didn't like me? This is a real question you guys need to ask yourself. Whether you're sitting in your car, you're walking around, wherever the fuck you are, listening to this podcast. Why would you follow anybody you didn't like? Okay? That's that new era weirdo shit. Okay? Kids who got really no fucking direction, got no fucking brains. They're just on the phone too goddamn much. You know, some person was like, oh, you know, sometimes people want to keep tabs on other people. Like your exes and people you don't like or whatever, or people you don't never fucking met before in your entire life. Like, like if I hate, like who who do I hate? Um, why the fuck would I want to follow LeBron? Or like, not even that. I'm telling someone you actually like passionately hate or just don't like, like Donald Trump or something. I don't know, man. Get the fuck out of here. That's lame as fuck. If you don't like somebody, why? Like, I try to stay the furthest the fuck away from someone I don't like. Okay? I avoid them. In fact, I even avoid anyone associated with them. Okay? Just fucking weird, man. Like I said, man, I got so few friends but I got a lot of acquaintances, you know? But listen, man, remove all the toxic people from your life. Do not keep, don't even keep yes men around you because they you like, you just got to keep good people. You don't need a lot of them, all right? And you will watch your life change. Real talk. All right, guys. I hope you had a blessed weekend. Please try to have a great week. Always remember, this is not your practice life, Okay? You have to make it a great day. I'm going to be in San Diego this week. Uh, it's my man Q, CEO, founder, world star, my son's godfather. Um, pay my respects to him. He had passed away on January 23rd. So I'll be down with my world star fam. Again, I'll be in San Diego. Holla at your boy if you out there and you got something cool you think I should check out. Um, but yo, we out. Peace. Lakey Lake.